From the campgrounds of cruelty comes the cornerstone of Mount Gormor, the equal opportunity of murder, the franchise to cement how unlucky a Friday can get. That's right, we're bunking up with the unlucky counselors of Crystal Lake as we take a stab at 1980's Friday the 13th. The story of a group of counselors preparing for a summer camp opening get a lot more than they bargained for. What they should have been working on is their final will and testament because we get a systematic slaughter to grandfather a literal tidal wave of blood on the screen for a decade to come. How will the counselors survive? Can someone point out Kevin Bacon's sore throat? And how many bodies constitutes a death curse? I hope everyone has their ponchos on tight, their short short, and their hormones in check, because we're about to camp on Friday the 13th. Not the chuddle. Chuddle. Surprise! Whoa. Oh, that's fantastic. So good! If what the actual fuck was a movie, out of the mist and into the fog, it's Chuddle the Pod! Aloha, ciao, and salud, Chuddle Club members, to a brand new episode of Chuddle the Pod. The movie club that takes a look at the serious and schlocky world of horror films. We keep it spoiler-free up top, and we'll let you know when the spoilers are about to drop. My name is Sam, and I'm hosting this week because I picked the movie. I'm joined by fellow Chuddle Club members, Ross and Brian, as well as our friends... Tibu and Grindhouse from the Nightclub Podcast. Yo, yo. As we discuss the film that launched a franchise, Friday the 13th. Before we get into it, I have sworn a blood oath to tell you to join our Discord. You can find tonight's guest in the Discord along with other former guests in there chopping it up and have a good t- having a good time. You can follow me at Shuttle the Sam on Letterboxd. That's Sam with an S, cause sup. And you can follow Ross, our resident tattoo artist, at Ross Purvis on Instagram. You can see his work and contact him if you're in Central Florida and in need of new ink. And of course, wait, wait, we have wait, tonight's wait, guest. Did he pay for that, God? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm flattered. All right, first one's free. In kisses. First, yeah. You want to charge little Joe for that one? You want to charge? <laughs> and tonight's guest, of course. Um, Hey guys, Grindhouse, Tibu, you guys want to say anything about the nightclub up top? Uh, where to find you? Anything like this? I just want to say, I just want to say that I am ready for Kevin Bacon's eggs and sausage. Ooh. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, buddy, that's a, that's a little Ricky guest surprise there. Yeah. He is listening while working. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he might chime in from time to time. Please Chim- do. Please do. He's chiming in through the ether and where you can find the nightclub, anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, we also have our official website, thenightclub.fireside.fm. I wasn't prepared to plug because. But um, we're also on Slasher, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at the Nightclub Podcast. So there you go. Um, I- I'm stoked to be here. This is my, I don't know how many times I've been on Shuttle the Pod, but I'm so mm-hmm. fucking stoked. We're happy to have you. Yeah. I mean, you were just on our, our Boiled Down. We got you That's back. He, he, he came knocking and we opened the door this time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that backdoor knocker. Hash- hashtag, I'm also the, uh, the, the witch One doctor of... And I'm Travis the Witch. Lavis. So, (laughs) modern things. Grindhouse, welcome. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you. 
Yeah, um, like Travis said, uh, definitely find us on our Discord because we are horror nerds and we love we love talking to people. And uh, come one, come all. We don't care who you are. Um, we the odds are we probably won't throw you out. We might, but it's possible. Has it happened yet? Never. No, <laughs> never. Highly never happened. They, well, they, Highly unlikely. They threw me out once, but here we are. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super, super fucking stoked to talk about uh, the original Friday the 13th. I mean, we have been, from the nightclub stance, 18 months into an argument about this movie oh, yeah. versus the remake and, and everything that is Friday the 13th and what it means to an individual. And again, in my newfound ascension to a more <laughs> place, yes. finding positive things to say about every movie, whether <laughs> it be uh, Friday the 13th, the original, Friday the 13th, the remake, or Apollo 13. I don't know. We'll find, <laughs> we'll find something, we'll get there, and we'll be happy. Um, and, you know, I, this movie me and i i think everyone here knows this that i saw this movie at a very young age probably in i i hate to cut you off but we are about to get where i'm gonna ask about your history with it so before we do that i just want to give a quick shout out to our patrons in the coven because we have a patreon and we always shout out our cl- coven members club members i coven guess of witches. everybody listening is a club member and all our witches mm-hmm. are club members but not all Club members are witches. <laughs> yeah, Something like the, that. There's the inner coven within it. the club. Right, yes. right, exactly. So shout outs. Uh, we we got two of them. What, one of them officially on, one of them kind of hanging around tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout outs. Y'all, y'all invited the nightclub here. This is, what y'all <laughs> this is yes, Travis Maxell Boone, the witch doctor of doom. Doom. Paul Litch, the ditch witch. Witch. The horror bandwagon, the witchy wish dragon. Dragon. Trevor, the witch master of pleasure. Pleasure. And of course, Ricky Prejean, the witchy Cajon. Cajon. Your sacrifice gives us life, and we thank your beautiful souls. We thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. So, movies are made by people, and the people that made this movie are... Sean S. Cunningham, director. Writers, Victor Miller and Ron Kurz, although he's uncredited. And it stars Adrian King as Alice, Robbie Morgan as Annie, Harry Crosby as Bill, Mark Nelson as Ned, Laurie Bartram as Brenda, Janine Taylor as Marcy, Kevin Bacon as Jack, and Mm. Betsy Pomler as Mrs. Voorhees. We know Kevin Bacon, right? Obviously, super famous. Who? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um betsy palmer i guess was famous before this yes mm-hmm. um for what do you know she was big in the, back in the gap she starred in a lot of uh tv movies mm-hmm. um so she okay. was kind of like popular with a lot of people in america because back in the gap again people only had like three to five television stations they could watch so betsy palmer was a big name. household name yeah yeah. yeah, she was the Hallmark draw. That's what she was. She was the Hallmark Channel draw for the for the era, anyway. Right, and Sean Cunningham had previously directed some porn-ish things or produced <laughs> them or something, and then he produced Last House on the Left with Wes Craven directing. They were buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys got anything about 
any of those people before we move on? Sean S. Cunningham is a is a visionary and an opportunist. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. He he well, I don't know if we're gonna get into the lore too much or who has the, the notes on this, but this whole film started with an ad campaign. Oh yeah. Yes. Well we will get to that. Okay. This is a fun new one, the Goro Meter. Um, where we decide how many Goros we read it. Yeah, right. How many Goros? <laughs> how many four-armed fucking mutant monster dragons <laughs> yeah. we're going to rate Would this? You, yeah, rate this. Uh, oh, uh, on a scale of one to ten, Psycho to the Sadness, how gory is the movie? I was thinking about it recently because it's kind of difficult to place. And I was talking to Brian and we are thinking maybe like a one through five scale for like the intensity of the gore the intensity of the gore, yeah. And then a one through five scale for how much gore is throughout the movie. Like, is it full on throughout the movie or is it just one scene that's gory mm-hmm. and thought that might kind of help us place it and i'd probably put this at like uh maybe a four on each of those bring it to an eight maybe a little I, less you, you, you took that right out I, I was this is an eight for me mm-hmm. because i mean this is like classic tom savini like you're seeing uh, there's open wounds and and all, all different kinds of manners of dismemberment and blood in this movie Right. Well, yeah, that's where you're. Well, that's where you're pulling, you're pulling the nostalgia strings, and you're doing whatever else. Because Tom Savini is obviously the master. Uh, I mean, as far as the overall level of gore goes, and you're talking a scale of one to five, I would give this like a two. Um, it's, it's really standard slasher. Stabbed in the gut. Stabbed in the. There's there's one axe in the face that's pretty good. Um, there's definitely a scene where. Well, we'll talk in specifics a little later. Sorry to cut you off, but because um, we do have in our first six questions, the gore gore is some you know a, a talking point template. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have the template up in front of me. I'm trying to follow it. <laughs> I mean, I'll echo that. Like breaking it and then averaging it, I kind of agree with you in that two aspect, and then the sustainability. I'd probably almost say three to four because it is relatively consistent throughout so oh you can do half if you want (laughs) sure but i'm thinking it probably for me this sits around a five i put this at a really midpoint for a horror movie in my opinion maybe i just i i just love the the savini effects i guess oh i mean they're awesome that 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 yeah that's the, but i don't th- i mean and especially in terms of today's standards of what you can get out oh, of gore yeah. i'm just thinking sure. of this I guess the whole the scope of everything 10, yeah maybe it does lean a little cl- more closer to like a six or a seven for me sure. how about this uh, six uh, six point seven five. There we go. <laughs> oh God, we're doing. Quarter. I can drop mine to a six. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna agree with Brian and say that this is mid as fuck. Um, I, I for the time maybe it was something, but. Uh, if you're going to rate it for the time, which is how I'm going to split my fives for the time, that's probably like a four um, for nowadays. This is like a, a one. I mean, so that's, a five, so I'm going to uh, give it a five out of 10. That that's how I, that's how I'd rate it. Right. Um, it's mm-hmm. mid, mid level gore. I think it's pretty good though. The stuff that is good. Mm-hmm. Well, go for the era though, go for the era and go for, I mean, it, not forgetting Halloween, obviously, but like looking at this for what it did for slashers and for like the start of the true slasher era, like you know, eighty through well about ninety, where we we have these like super bloody slashers. This was a solid start. And to Ross's point about the Savini effects, there's a scene where a girl gets her throat cut, and she kind of tips her head back, and she's like, ah, and then she talks, and as she talks, her throat opens up and just gushes. I mean. Yeah. 
that that to me is very real world and very like like what might could actually happen so some a lot of the effects are really really effective as someone who had never seen this movie before i was shocked at how gory it was <laughs> and how, well how gory it was but how good the effects were absolutely and yeah that's what ross is talking about the simini effects era um it's so good whether that just because it wasn't intestines falling out and you could see the french dip sandwich that someone had for breakfast in their turds which is like where we are <laughs> sure. now this was this was really well done and it was yeah it, oh 100 agree but i think our scale that we're trying to well at least in my head the scale is going comparing it against movies of all time of all time point why so, so, so that's where it's right but i feel fun. like like right this two got higher and do you think Rec 2 is gorier than this? That was like one of the first times we were doing the Gorometer. We're still like <laughs> figuring this thing out. Well, okay. okay. But I mean, like, but yeah, I will I say, know. I feel like, I feel like looking at Friday the 13th now has a more campy feel, even though they are time savini, they are awesome effects. I won't deny that. They're still a very campy feel, but a camp movie to me, anyways. <laughs> I, sure. I, maybe it's just looking at it through the horror. I feel like the campiness horror does scope. not come from the gore, but it's certainly campy. Yeah, it's um, campy, but it's crystal clear in its message. Versus uh, versus something like Wreck, where it seems to be a much more intensive, real thing. As maybe the comparison ooh, there. I I want I want to jump this up to a ten for for the gore factor because there is a snake in this film that gets cut up for real. Oh yeah, we well, do get kind of like cannibal holocaust actually, and we actually do see animal death. Yeah, Ooh, that's a good point. I didn't even bring that into the no SPC warning in this movie. There's <laughs> no, so there you go, right there. Who's gore. the horror forer? This is uh, <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about. Um, basically what some genres it belongs in, is this a good hangout movie or watch by yourself? Is it good for beginners? All these types of things. So subgenres start with slasher, obviously, um, splatter, I would say, uh, what else you got any campy <laughs> camps? If you like camp movies, no, this is a great, um, I guess this is a great entry level movie. For, I can't decide for, on the beginner or not. It's the, I, I think it, I, mean, it, I think it's a I fundamental. Agree. It's like yeah. a fundamental horror movie you get. I agree. It's also I think what's fun about this movie in and particular. I've never seen it till now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm like that with a lot of things, dude. I haven't I still haven't seen some films that people consider classics. Um, the, the Puppet Master series I've never seen any well, single one of them films <laughs> the whole way. Well, no, but a lot of people look. Sure, I'm just saying. Yeah, they're big time for horror fans. I've never seen, but I would I would agree with Ross. I think this is uh, an entry level horror film. For I'm just thinking film. like Halloween versus Friday the Thirteenth. What's the Both. big difference? The gore. I would yeah. I consider Halloween much more of a beginner movie than I would consider this to be a beginner movie. Yeah, but this is also one of those fun ones where it's like uh, this is also like a whodunit movie. So Ish, if you're into like a if you're into kind of like a murder mystery. This is also kind of a fun one because at least up until like obviously Michael Myers bringing back like Halloween where it's like, you know, Michael Myers is an escaped mental patient killing people like that's the whole point of the movie. And what's fun is that this almost takes like a line of like a a, just want to say real quick. I don't know how far you're going to go, but we are still before we've said spoilers. Um, 
So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. No, but it plays out like a um I mean if you're fans of like uh, Italian giallo movies, like those like slasher whodunits, those are really that that would be uh, this would be right up your alley. You know what I mean? Because the entire time you are getting um your nice little blood infill and nice slasher stuff, but you're also kind of like who the hell is it? <laughs> well, but this yeah. movie was the this movie was the answer to late 70s and early 80s Italian giallos. It really was. If, if if you look at it for what it is and the I'm going to keep the killer in the clouds, I'm not going to show you who it is. Everybody somehow knows who it is and has a relationship, but like nobody is ever off put by their presence until they're dead. Obviously. Well, the one my my issue with this whodunit, because I am a fan of whodunits, is that this whodunit doesn't give you a hint of at whodunit all. until it's, the it's, end. It's like, yeah, all. exactly. Yeah. You also have to really like POV. Like, Yes. Yeah. This is f- we're we're talking about this for people who are considering seeing this who haven't seen it yet. We're trying to tell them. Who, yeah. So if who you, it's if, you, for. if you like if you like found footage, then then found footage. This might be something up up your alley because you do have a lot of POV shots. POV. If you like wazoo. if you like whodunits, I don't think this is one for you because you don't really get the mystery. Um, it, there's a there's a mystery, but as the audience. You can't piece it together. At least you don't know that till the end. Agre- so I completely agree. Um, um, is it a yeah. good hang or watch by yourself? I think both for both. sure. I think it's I probably a better hang would be my guess. This Seems like it'd be here. fun to watch with friends. Yeah, because yeah. you could make fun of some of the characters. You could have some jokes like right. when the cop character shows up. Who's awesome. Oh, my the cop God. Character yeah. is the best. He's like, uh, hash, weed, you dig it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that guy, that guy is so dope. Um, I think this would be a fun hang movie, more a little bit, a little bit more so than by yourself, but that's I, I think it's enjoyable either way, but I do yeah. agree w- with you that it it I think a hang would make it more enjoyable than alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh the hang part of it, I'm and just in trying to figure out the characters and like having the like having the discussions about who's who and who's doing what is definitely legit. I'm also going to say that for the nightclub on our next Dunes Cantina, we're playing strip horror trivia. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm saying this, understanding that fundamentally we all lose, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> you know, even if you win, you're still going to lose. Well, and we we all know it's going to be Trevor. He's going to bring up a Lyle, and then we're all just going to be done. Oh my god! For beginners, we already said. I guess everybody but me says it's level one. I say it's level two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one point no, five. No, no, it's totally level one. This is this is a get into slashers. I want to see some blood. I yeah. I want to see some. I body. think I, I agree that I think it's someone who's getting into horror and wants to go. I want to see what a slasher can be and what it's like and i think this is a good midway point where you could watch this and be like i'm ready for more you could continue the series or go to other routes or get more you'd be like i don't like as much gore as what this is but i still like stuff there's ways to go that pull off from it sure i guess the way i think about for beginners is like with my kids and when they ask like hey i want to start watching horror movies this isn't one of the ones they're going to start with you know I mean, Ross's kids have already seen like Terrifier and. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. actually, depend- my son already wants to watch horror movies. I'm going to start with like you know, kid horror movies because he's not even four right. yet. But that's a really good point. And I so it, are, are you coming at it from the perspective of I am somebody who has loved horror all my life, or have I just found it and I want to introduce my friends to it? Um, like as somebody who's 
loved horror all my life. Yes, I showed my kids movies that they probably should not have seen when they were young. I did that. So, you know, as far as like the entry level, is it a beginner thing? I'm trying to come from it more from like, I'm at least 18 and can vote and make things. Um, but as far as my kids, yeah, I would not know. I, I, I'm thinking about showing it to someone trying to get them to like horror, not somebody who likes horror, like brand new and is looking for new recommendations. Yeah, so like, oh, yes, I would agree with you. I'm that. trying to get you to like horror. I'll show you this. Oh, I'm trying to talk. I figure if the person's already listened to our podcast, they're kind of interested in horror. So I'm just trying to encourage them a little more. That's my oh, sure. Mm-hmm. God, I would hope so because otherwise you would. <laughs> what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> What's <laughs> Well, thank you. We are going to bake bread and make a filet mignon. I mean, they all about food. Moving to food. For that cast, it's coming. It's coming. For that one person that accidentally clicked on this, thinking they were getting something totally different. (laughs) Thanks, you. Thanks. Thanks. We love you. I'm talking. I'm talking directly to you. You're stuck in traffic right now. You can't get your phone. You can't turn this off, and you're really frustrated. We appreciate you, and just enjoy the tirade. Jake, you, Jake, thank you so much, Jake. You're not less than. You're not less than anyone. <laughs> Both Ross and Sam can make one hell of a creme brulee. Okay. Yes. You gotta just. You gotta. You gotta wait. You gotta hang on because it's gonna get there. Okay. The big reveal. Who's it not for? This horror. <laughs> anyone? I don't think there's any vomiting. I don't really think there's much. No, really. I think. I mean, when there is gore, there isn't. No, I mean, yeah, there's some intense gore, is in yeah, like there's but some, it's a horror, exactly. But it's a horror movie. Yeah. yeah, if you're not already a fan of horror, this is and if this ain't for you, then don't watch horror movies. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> well, I mean, same- we try and do it like, is it like, are you like maybe scared motion of blood? Sickness, scared? Of, no, no, I get or, it. Or uh, but I'm like saying, vomiting like, if, or whatever. Right. If someone's afraid of like getting stabbed because they got stabbed, this movie ain't for you. But but I mean, it's just not that like, specific it's not though. It's more who, like who lived an Upper East Coast life, or they went to summer camp every year. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I would say this one's pretty. This is pretty middle of the road, as in like I don't think there's anything too intense in this movie that would constitute Same. like a full stop on the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that you need to be worried about going into it. No. Who picked it? Why? What's its history? I picked it. I've never mm-hmm. seen it. That's why I picked it. I've been dying to cover it. <laughs> and so this was my first watch or my first three watches now because I've watched it three times before we oh. did this. And so that's my history. I have no ties to it, no nostalgia, no nothing, yada, any of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to go next? <laughs> I mean, mine, mine will be relatively simple. It's one that I less know, but I appreciate it and have liked and have definitely watched over a few times, probably throughout watching horror when I really got into it, you know, 12, 13 or so like that. So uh, in terms of the first one, it's probably the one I've seen. I've seen the least, maybe. Sure. Just yeah. Because based on I, everything I that it's that. about. But um, thank yeah, you. That's my real history with it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I am a huge fan of the Friday the 13th series, Um, but I didn't start off with the first one. Uh, Like a lot of others, I kind of went into some of the other sequels and then kind of backtracked to the first one. 
Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, but I agree with Brian. It's probably my least viewed out of all of them. And I mean that by like, I've seen this one a hundred times versus, versus 500, like 500 <laughs> for mm-hmm. like part seven or something like that. You know, um, it's, uh, yeah, no, this entire franchise, uh, is just, it's a, I don't know, maybe just cause I was from New Jersey. So like having a camp in the middle of New Jersey, a summer camp in the middle of New Jersey, just, you know, where terrible things happen, just kind of like hit a nerve for me. Got but, cockles. Uh, yeah. Right in the cockles, right mm-hmm. in my New Jersey cockles right there, <laughs> you know? Cool. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, obviously it's hugely popular, but I can, and you love horror. So, but the New Jersey connection makes sense to me. Yeah, a little Jersey boy. Oh yeah, there was actually a summer camp one year that I actually went to, but it wasn't like a full like Dressed summer. As Jason. It well, we... <laughs> uh, yes, I had just gunk all over me. I had the <laughs> short gunk shorts street? And just, from yeah, Gunk Street. From gunk I was in the. I, it was from Gunk Junction. Uh, <laughs> Gunction. <laughs> Gunction. Um, no, but it was actually really funny because like I there was uh, it was like for like Boy Scouts or something like that, but we were there for like a few weeks um and it was kind of set not set up exactly like camp crystal lake but it was very similar similar. oh very similar i mean so like when i first started getting into it i had this like this i was like oh my gosh i stayed at a place like that for like weeks at a time i was i don't know something like that yeah so i could have been killed i could have been killed what my counselor (laughs) could have been murdered My history with this is um, th- this first movie in particular. I'm I'm a lot like Ross. I backtracked through the series. This was not my first watch. Um, I went back to it, discovered the original. I've rewatched it many times over the years. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, the whole franchise is worth a watch. And this is the first film in that franchise and i'll leave it there for now yeah i bought the box set uh the the, the like oh, really cool looking one because it was half get, off get ready to enjoy oh, well i had to buy a blu-ray player too <laughs> <laughs> grindhouse okay so for me this movie i first saw this like i said at probably an inappropriate age um and it was literally at a friend of my parents summer cap um, so I saw this movie at midnight when everyone else was asleep. Um, I had access to a giant stack of VHS tapes that had the various movies on them. Um, and so watching this for the first time and watching it in a cabin in the woods was profound for me. Awesome. Um, that is really cool. <laughs> it is what made me love Friday the 13th. I got to watch the first one and the second one basically in a row in the same night. And I'll tell you what, I didn't sleep for about six and a half hours after that. <laughs> I, can only, I can only imagine. And, but it, it, it is what brought me. This was, this was the impetus of bringing me to horror. This is what it was. Um, it, so, you know, going forward and looking at the rest of the movies, um, there are so many good things. There are so many like not so good things. Um, but the first movie is what pulled me in. Um, and with the Halloweens and the and the Nightmare on Elm Streets and and Puppet Masters and Chucky's and everything else, Scream. This was Scream. <laughs> Screamers. Um, this was this was Screamers like Screamers, Screamers? like Peter Weller Screamers. 
Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was bringing the first, it back, boy. This was the first movie that will like a scared the living shit out of me. Just scared mm-hmm. the shit. Out of me. Um. B brought me to a place where I got to see camp counselors doing their things and the little the, the sort of the hottie chicks and like no one's wearing a bra and like the nipples are prominent. But like, it, what's it, happening my, to me? What is this feeling? At my age, it, was there a was there a thunder down under? Uh, <laughs> it touched me in a lot of places at a very early stage. <laughs> The thunder down under. Where it's yeah. like, why is this sticking up? What should I do? Should I do the bathtub right now. Hey, like all of those things. Call that the family cockles. Family cockles. <laughs> a lot of this happened all in the stage of one night and being in a cabin by myself and watching this and being like understanding what it was to be fucking petrified. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that's what this movie is for me. It, it, that was my first experience, and, and where I was so scared, I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know where to go, who to talk to, where to turn. Um, and from there, I mean, that was my that was my horror seed. That's what planted it, watered it, watched it grow, pulled the fruit, ate the fruit, and we right at the thirteenth in the whole hands. goddamn garden. God damn, right. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us um, for this because <laughs> I'm glad you have that uh, sort of history tied to it. Um, brief synopsis. I'm going to keep it very brief like my boxers. A. Uh-huh. Uh, Camp Crystal Lake has a bloody history, but one man is determined to reopen it with the help of some young people. Turns out that was a bad idea as the bodies keep dropping. The end. Let's jump to the spoiler zone. Get in the zone. Spoiler, Spoiler zone. zone. Spoiler zone. Highway to the spoiler zone. All right. Behind the scenes. Got a lot of behind the scenes. I did try and cut it down. And when I'm, I'm sure stuff will pop up as we talk anyway. But let's just start. Betsy Palmer played Miss Voorhees said that uh, if it she didn't desperately need a new car, she wouldn't have been in the movie because she read the script and thought it was a piece of shit. Uh, but she needed a car, so she went and did the movie. Um, uh, thank, nope. thank God for bad automobiles. Yeah. When she showed up, she was cursing up a storm and wouldn't smoke their weed because it was like street weed and she would only smoke the her weed that she grew. She made $1,000 a day. Did she? How many days yes. was she there? Do you know? Ten. Wow. Good for her, I guess. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Composer Harry Manfredini. Fred, Manfredini. Fredini. Manfredini. Yes, sir. Um, came up with the classic. Um, that's his voice, and it comes from Kill Mom, Ki, and Ma. Um, they were totally trying to rip off Halloween. The writer and director were both like, yep, absolutely fucking lowly. That's what they're doing. They went to the producer of Halloween to try and get him to make it. He was like, no, I don't want to do another horror movie right now. Um, so they actually ended up like getting in. One of the producers ended up being like maybe a mafia guy from Boston. It's kind of unclear, <laughs> but very much alluded to that that's what it was. <laughs> Harry Crosby, who played Bill in the movie, is the son of Bing Crosby. Um, I just wish his name was Bong Crosby. <laughs> Bing Bong Crosby. <laughs> he's he's yeah, he's just also... Bong Crosby. I'm Bing Crosby. This is my son, <laughs> Bong Crosby. <laughs> oh, Bong Crosby. <laughs> Bong Crosby. Crosby. Yeah. 
It's a real missed I, opportunity by Bing, Bing if you ask me. <laughs> I do love the fact that he's actually the guy playing, like he's actually playing guitar. Yeah, the, he plays uh, guitar himself in that yeah, when you well. see him. He plays Bill, like I said. Let's see. The only score we hear in the movie is when the killer is around. Otherwise, like all that other stuff is in movie music. Diagetic. Yeah. Diagetic. Thank you. It's, uh, uh, oh, is the killer around? Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah, it's almost like uh, Jaws in the fact of like, because it's in POV, like you start hearing that where it's too, like it kind of lifts the audience to know like, something's about to happen. Yeah, well, that was part <laughs> of um, the Man- Mandifrini, something like Man- that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> when it, he had to do it, he was like, God, all this is POV. Like, how are we going to let the audience know like that the killer's around? So that's exactly just what you said was sort of his mindset behind doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean S. Cunningham came up with the title of the f- title of the film and placed an ad in papers to create interest in the movie before even having a script, um, just to try and make money. He thought Friday the Thirteenth sounded like a fucking great name for a horror movie. And Wasn't wrong. Nope, he was not. Uh, it was nominated for a Razzie for the worst movie of the year, the year it came out. Robbie Morgan, who is uh. The girl from the beginning of the movie is going to be the cook. What's her name? She only did a day of shooting. That was the only... Mm -hmm. She was only there for one day. Kevin Bacon claims that he gets asked to sign screenshots from his death scene in this movie more than any other movie he's been in. So, (laughs) out of everything he's done, people are like, can we get this arrow popping out of you, please? Janine Taylor said that she was so nervous for the sex scene with Kevin Bacon that he had to take her aside and they shared a large joint together to take the edge off before filming. Nice. Yep. Nice. That's just, just, yep. That's, you know, what a better way to calm everything down than spark it up a fat doink. Right Drying everything out right first. All the time. All the time. That's what I did tonight before I got on shuttle. Yeah. You, yeah I mean, and look at you. Loose yeah, as yeah. You're doing great. Yeah, By the power ready of the to fat doink. doink. Let's doink. My, my fat doink fat is doink. fine. Thank you. Oh, fat doink. And he's ready to doink. A fat doink on Gunk Street. dibs dibs Uh, so there was a delay in releasing the movie because the mpaa said it would have had to get an x rating um (laughs) so they kept trimming it down until it could get an r rating and there is no truly uncut version in existence there are versions that have maybe a little bit extra but everything that was going to be in the original the shit that got cut just got lost you know God damn. Uh, Sean Cunningham refused to direct the sequel because he didn't like the Jason comes back from the dead storyline that he was being forced to do, um, which now he acknowledges was a bad idea. And it obviously has been very successful. Uh, The idea behind the scene where the counselors kill the snake was to show that they can all work together during sort of a fake scare and take action if necessary. Of course, as discussed, that was actually a real snake. And uh, apparently Savini just like was like, hey, we're just to the snake owner. was like, we're just going to borrow this for the scene. And then they fucking chopped it up in the scene, allegedly, while the snake owner was there just like crying. Um, <laughs> so pretty brutal. It's so <laughs> fucked up. Can yeah. you imagine? Like, it's an actor snake with a handler and be like. Oh, uh, we're just going to put him on set for five minutes. So just, uh, you can hang out by the side and then watch as like five actors mercilessly just 
just chop up and disintegrate this thing. Horrible. Sorry about yeah, that. this is next level fucked up. Um, I, I, I'm a fan of fucked up, by the way, but not fucked up for real. If you're fucked <laughs> up and you're really chopping snakes up on set to make a movie, you shouldn't be making that movie to a degree. Yeah, to sure. a degree. Well, it's kind of reminds me of Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Well, wait, what they do in Texas Chainsaw? Well, not the real killing, but using real shit. So, like, all the animal parts and parts skin and, and everything. And it was well, in the hot Texas part, sun, like, that making part, people I'm more sick. Okay. I'm more okay with it's already dead. I'm more okay with that. But. This isn't like a. Um, well, it was making people sick. It was like not a yeah, yeah. safe not place to not be. Right. It's not healthy. <laughs> right. But this isn't like um, like a hateful eight scenario where uh, Kurt Russell accidentally smashes the guitar that was loaned from the Smithsonian by accident because he thought it was the prop guitar. This is like a real snake. Like there wasn't like just a prop right. snake. Like, oh like, shit, I thought that was a fake snake. <laughs> Yeah, like, they just murdered a snake what on is it? film. Cannibal like, Holocaust, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cannibal yes. Holocaust had the turtle being the turtle, mutilated on screen, uh, the, the pigs getting shot. Yeah, um, it's a lot of animal death in when it, Cannibal Holocaust. When it comes to Friday the 13th, though, like the, the, the snake getting chopped up, like, dude. Such a great this, scene. Other than that, it's real shame. It's, it's a great scene because the pill, the feathers flying through the air and all the yeah, counselors are silent looking on. Well, I, I didn't think it was funny, but not when it gets killed. Everything before then is fucking hilarious. Oh it's yeah, like they're, they're yeah they're off. They're, yes, exactly. <laughs> they're off. They're off the rails. They're they're all in there like stumbling over each other. And shit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, special effect. Bed, so the under, the under the bed scene though. It, when they're under the bed, they're looking under there, and the, the one counselor has that machete, and he's just he's twitching it towards that young lady. I, something about that scene is like, I, I like. I hope there was a safety coordinator on this scene. I know no. there, nah. but I was kind <laughs> no. of like hoping, like probably not. He was, he was, <laughs> he 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 got paid the same as the snake handler. <laughs> In tears, In tears. The yeah, safety coordinator paid, was the snake. Like, if you notice that like the snake actually has a hard hat on uh-huh. the entire time he's being <laughs> wearing a little to vest is oh, around and they're investigating oh lord oh she can't do anything if it's dead <laughs> <laughs> goddamn right could uh the era when uh to, is it Brent Deborah Brenda when Brenda puts the archery target up and the arrow comes and just misses her that was actually shot by Tom Savini because yes, he's an archer he's into all that type of shit <laughs> he and his assistant for this movie Tasso something his name's around here were like in the like British Guild of Royal Academy of Stage Fighting and they're into like fencing and all that type of stuff oh yeah in the scene where Bill is found impaled on the door with arrows, Adrian King had been kept offset until then, so her scream was like her real reaction to seeing him done up that way. And the actual effect where uh, the arrow is in his eye, uh, that was made by Tom Savini, but he had to leave the weekend they shot that scene because he was like fighting with his girlfriend, so he went home to see her. And Tasso did the effect, but the blood accidentally got behind the eye, went into old Bon Crosby's eyeball, burned mm-hmm. it, 
And they went to the hospital. He couldn't see for six months out of that eye. <laughs> oh my god! That scene, yeah. Art imitating uh, life. He has full, you know, full, fully came back. But they used like some chemical in developing photos to make the blood, and that was the problem. Oh God! <laughs> Golden age shit. of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Savini and Tasso and Stavrakis. Where they finished the movie, they were leaving set, they'd done all the special effects, they were driving away when they and they saw the final scene being shot of the fight uh between Alice and Miss Voorhees. They're like, Oh my god, that's fucking terrible. So they pulled over and came back and gave him the chore- choreography for the final fight so that it actually looked Made good. Sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Well, I say thank God. I mean, we're we're not we're in spoiler territory now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. That final fight scene is the saving grace of this whole fucking movie. Um, you think so? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, no, <laughs> no, I, no, no, I, no, I know. So the final twenty minutes of this film saved this film. That's hundred percent. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. well, pretty much wasn't paying mm-hmm. attention to those final twenty minutes of this movie. The first two times I watched it, and the third time specifically, I had to be like, I gotta fucking pay attention. So. <laughs> Wow. Well, the whole third act gets really, I mean, even starting in the second, it's pretty muddled, this whole damn movie, because it, it was basically shot without a script, and they were just cobbling stuff together, and uh, the first t- the first cut of it, he invited Wes Craven to see it, because they were friends, and Wes was like, this is horrible, like, we gotta figure <laughs> out, you gotta figure out how to edit this together, because this is really not good, because yeah, nothing's happening, him. essentially. <laughs> He was a visionary and he was an op- opportunist, but he was not a storyteller and he never has been. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie was riddled with problems. I'm glad you brought that up because holy shit, it took so many saving graces and voices coming in to make this movie what it was outside of what C- Cunningham thought it was going to be. And um, yeah, I don't know where we're going with it um, as far as like talking about the ending, but uh, I'll we'll save get, it. We'll to, definitely to, get to, to it. Okay. Uh, Gene Siskel hated this movie famously, um, and in a uh, special edition of Siskel and Ebert, he called it the war on women and just slam, slam, (laughs) slammed it. And all of this just boosted ticket sales for the movie. It like all the hatred from the credits just made people want to go see it more. Be hated. Well, the war on the war on women. What is that? Uh, you know, it's torturing women. It's all just even though you know, plenty of men, if not. More men, I'm more not sure men, on the body more men, count. More men died in this film. Right, number exactly. one, the body counts way more men, and also there was a female survivor. So Siskel again, off the you, mark. You done goofed. Uh, you done goofed, bud. This is one of the movies that really cemented the position of the final girl. Yes, yes. Well, I know what he was doing, but I don't think I don't think I believe it. I, I well, no. <clears throat> Well, I would anyway. say in some horror movies that is the case, but I would not say that is the case for this movie. No, not this movie. No. But moving on from fucking Siskel. That's <laughs> yeah, fuck him. He's dead. The, Let's uh, get to Ebert. Yeah, <laughs> Let's roast this bitch. <laughs> if you look at if you look at the Friday the Thirteenth as a series, right? Well, we're not. I haven't though. seen any of the other ones. We're not though. Understood. Understood. But let's. Let's take this as as a little bit of a like a prefecture for like future to be had conversations. Friday the Thirteenth is one of the movies that makes the women almost exclusively the badass. Yeah, mm. they are not. There's no. There's no war on women in these movies. In, this, in these movies, women are the badass. 
and they come through in every possible situation, unless they die. That's a different. Well, thing. yeah, the killers of women in this one too. Well, yeah, yeah but it's, <laughs> exactly. It's unusual. Which I'm waiting for one of y'all's other questions to answer that one. So, um, so the final thing with uh, Jason popping out of the water, they were sort of forced to do that. The ending was just going to be her getting in the canoe and rowing away, and they're like, "You need to." give us like a shocking ending, something to continue on. Um, and Cunningham didn't know what to do. And apparently three different people, including Savini, um, take credit for coming up with the Jason popping out of the water at the end. Uh, Phil Skir- Skuder- Scuderi, which is the Boston mob guy, Ron Kurz, the unclaimed, uh, uncredited writer, and Savini all say they came up with the Jason coming out of the water thing. What a I've twist. Seen, I've seen the most credit given to Savini for this, and I'm going to default to that because I think he was a visionary in his own right. Um, well, I think that Savini has given himself credit for that. And yeah. as much as I appreciate him, he is also very clearly into his own legacy and ego mm-hmm. and everything. Um, so I don't care about that. But that makes me less likely to believe him that sure. when he's pumping himself up. But I'm, I'm going to believe him <laughs> before I'm off. I'm going to believe him before a mafia mobster. Oh, fucking A, right. And I'm going to go, I'm going to default to 1990, Night of Living Dead. That was all Savini. Yeah. So, I mean, Savini knows how to. I'm just going to go with Savini. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've just been around him a few times, kind of turned me off. So, I'm not like that wild about giving him <laughs> extra credit. <laughs> Savini will jerk off on your churros one day. Don't worry. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> it probably was a contribution from a multitude of different things happening and yeah you know honestly they probably just saw this like a lot of jerking off in cheerios yeah they're all trying to figure out what the ending's supposed to be and then this weird lumpy seaweed ridden child starts swimming in the lake next to them they're like you know what got it use it let's use that kid the funny thing is is that actually happened there was a kid in the lake that popped out and they're like (laughs) well let's just go (laughs) with this yeah, the uh, uh, actually the look of the kid definitely or Savini, you know, obviously made that. And right, he says right, he, right. it was based on a, like a kid he knew growing up. The fucking thing on Netflix, he's like, yeah, it was a uh, Bill Riley or whatever that lived down the street. You know, he had like name? this weird ear and this eye that was all messed up looking. So I just kind of made him. Look I've like got, him. I'm not gonna lie, being from Louisiana, I have a few people I could call out by name that I can make a Jason Humunculoid out of right now, <laughs> right now, right the fuck now. You need right a Humunculoid tomorrow. At noon, I got you one, Dumb. and I could I could call them like fucking um uh I don't know Darren Ardway or something, and they'd be accurate. <laughs> they'd be accurate I, description. I just got three more mm-hmm. things before we get into our six start our yes. six six six. Uh, so originally Pamela Voorhees was going to struggle um in one of the kills in the beginning and lose one of her fingers, and then later at the end. Uh, when she was talking to Alice, you were going to see her missing finger, and that was going to be the tell that she was the killer. But uh, okay. for basically special effects limitations, they couldn't do it. So, But I just thought that what it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, prosthetic head of Betsy Palmer was placed on top of uh, Tasso Starvrakis, the guy who worked with Savini. Um, and so it's Savini's head knocking hand arm swinging the sword to knock that head off and then when you see the knuckles come up like that and they're <laughs> the hairy big old hairy <laughs> that's why it's like my yeah. fucking hands Jesus coming Christ. up and just <laughs> that would be great 
That's what we we need. Yeah, that'll be the shuttle version. Oh my god! Just my weird your hands, and then it cuts back. Yeah. Double cheeseburger looking fucking tattoos. Right, every tattooed. Yeah. All tattooed, just coming out like. And, and then the, the last cut. one, um, the Janine Taylor who gets axed, head gets axed. Uh, they've just made a one splitting f- headache. A. Uh, they just made one fake head and it got destroyed during the first take. So for the reaction shot where you actually like see her mm-hmm. face, um, that was her face and they just like made it and glued it to her face for that scene. Oh yeah. I, I noticed that I think maybe on one of my second watches or something like her eye, or like you could see the actor trying oh, yeah. to stay still type of thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That that's all the behind the scenes. I know that it was a lot, but I thought, I trimmed that down from like thirteen pages to two. So no, the actress that couldn't, the actress that couldn't sit still. I can't think of her character's name, but when she went through the window and she had that rope all over her neck, mm-hmm. oh yeah, still to save her goddamn life. I noticed that one too. Yeah, she was just oh yeah. Maybe she was. Twitching? She died from being th- thrown through the window. So that was just really a second, her second actual death. We didn't. We yeah. just see her scream, or we don't even see her scream. All right. We have six, six, six questions we put every movie through to the journey to discover if a film can join the Chuttle Club crypt. Let's begin. Let OG6, the first one. Oh. Since that's what we're discussing. That's true. <laughs> These first six are more discussion points. I'm going to list all six now, and then we can go through them in order just so we don't forget anything we may have wanted to say. So we're going to talk about scenes, lines or interactions, characters, scares, kills, and gore. Mm-hmm. Starting with scenes. Um, I, I just want to jump to the snake scene cause we've kind of already touched on it except for that. That's a real snake that gets killed. I love that scene. I think it's fucking hilarious the way everybody like runs in and like how amped up they act for it. It reminds me of like a nineties teen sitcom or something. It could have been on saved by the bell, I guess the way they react and act to it. And then when they're like, well, we'll chase it out of there. And like Kevin Bacon jumps on the bed and they're just, it's like they just start going crazy and grabbing whatever they can and like banging on shit. It's just ridiculous. Well, and I really enjoy it. <laughs> isn't it right before that when like, uh, what's his name has the machete? Isn't he outside just like randomly whacking at bushes? <laughs> Yeah, that's when he gets the- called in when he's trying to like cut the bushes <laughs> well, he's down. Cut <laughs> that's Bill. Bill's yeah. getting cut, cut yeah, called he's in. Cut he's cutting down a trail. Yeah, yeah but like, with no rhyme what? or reason. <laughs> just barrels in. That was one of my favorite parts. And yeah, running in there. Oh god, I think it was at least that part. But yeah, the, 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 Kevin Bacon shows up with a shovel and he's like, "What's going on?" And like, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> then after that, the fucking feathers go flying. Like they're all jumping all over each other. This scene is dope as fuck. I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's funny. It is fun. It, it is brutal. ridiculous. It's it brutal. Really and then it ridiculous. gets really fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That was definitely real, right? And then, sure yeah. enough, it was. Yeah. That was definitely yeah. fucking real. Finally, like, Travis was talking about that's like the pre dream, like wet dream contest thing. It's like, feathers are flying and the girls are bouncing. And, <laughs> and then yeah. someone cuts off your dick. And by dick, I mean snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit this ain't that water's cut oh, no. I, love, I love Kevin Bacon and company arriving to the banjo jangling jam out music oh. um, 
And as much as I hate it, I like talking about how much time it takes Alice to do pretty much everything towards the end, like make coffee, everything. stack furniture. Dude, the stacking furniture the on the door. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. That I, I did uh, make a note of. It's a long single shot, too, where oh. she like ties the rope and then looks for something and moves it. And I was like, oh, God, man, so they just... <laughs> did not know what they were doing no, this no. also should have been edited better by <laughs> far on, on the flip side one of my favorite scenes in this entire movie funny enough not a gore scene it's when she breaks the wind like breaks the uh glass to get inside the uh mm-hmm. cabin try to use the phone like i love that they have the shot of it's just a, it's just a panning shot so you see her break in and then they kind of are rummaging through. Then you're seeing her inside through the window, almost POV. And then it pans directly over to the split phone wire at the same time. But it's just one continuous shot. Mm-hmm. God, it's such a pretty shot. It's so weird because everything else is so long for oh, no reason. Oh, do you reason. like it because it's good? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I like it because it's good. <laughs> I kept waiting. I was like, what did I miss at this part? No, it's just a great – it's like cinematography-wise. It was just such a cool shot because there's a I, lot I like of – I all the, the Atlas stacking furniture stuff, but – because it's not it good, may- you know what I mean. It's endearing because it's so like bad it's and so ridiculous. committed, so Long. committed. <laughs> they go, they go full bore with that stacking, cause and the, the the jump scare at the end. I mean, I'm gonna save it for when we all want to talk about that scene, but that's we also can talk about it now. Scenes. We're just jumping around scenes. Well, so. I, I I think I think every horror fan worth their salt knows about the ending of this first entry into. Friday the Thirteenth, and Sam, you you must I've have never seen it before, but I did know about it. Yeah. But you knew about it exactly. Right. So I think I think this last scene in this film, which I do think is Tom's idea. Sorry, but I do. It's fine. Um, it's fine. I can edit that, that out. Well, that's fine. That's the camp. I'm gonna <laughs> on. So so this jump scare uh, by Tom Savini that that at the end of Friday, the Tom Savini thought of this ended the franchise first film. Tom Savini did this fucking ending scene when he thought of it right. uh, Friday want to polish the dick of somebody who <laughs> yeah like, thinks he's the he's the, the walk go for it he is man this dude created so much that we all know and love but listen whether or not I he agree. did it the final scare in this movie the jump scare is totally dope and it's iconic and everyone knows it so when you want to talk about favorite scenes i can't leave that out like that's got to be up there with and we'll get into more stuff later because we're going to talk about Pamela and everything else. So I'm I'm not trying to blow my load right here at the beginning, but yeah. So scene talk, go. whatever scenes you want to talk about. I think the them. one that got me honestly was the first hitchhiker going in the Jeep scene where like, I, like where she gets picked up by the killer and just having just, I don't know, just having that entire scene play out in daytime. Well, how about, how about, how about how, so cool it, to me? How about Andy oh, you first liked meeting? It? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when she first meets Enos at that diner, and there's all those town yokels, and they're all just like, "Can't blood, whatever." Uh, and then, and then Enos goes, cares. "Well, oh, and we're gonna get to them characters, but when well, they- but yeah, but when she's there, and 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 the one, the one trucker guy's like, I can get you. I mean, so I've I've Ubered and I've done whatever else." I'm not sure I'd ever pick up an Uber that would get me halfway there. <laughs> I don't think I would do that. I'm going to get you to the crossroads. Let's go. Yeah. You got to walk 10 miles after that. I well, thought this, about yeah. that too. I was like, it, it's 20 miles and he's only going to take her 10. Like, yeah, I, you'd think you'd just be like, 
Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll take you the next I'll just 10 take miles. You the rest That's of the way. not exactly. far. But and the where- scene that Ross loves, though, Enos gets a whole butt grab. And I'm like, dude, this is the creepy shit that yeah. motherfuckers don't talk about back in the day. That, like, this is what people were doing. It's and so that old weird. man. That whole believe- setup is so weird. Oh, he Are they all going to look there. like you at the camp? It's like, oh, stop. And then uh, just two handfuls of ass just shoving that woman. You're just like, oh. Oh, don't! It's bad. It's don't bad. I felt. It's I felt like an old creep. I'm 33 years old, and I felt like a creep watching it. I'm like, oh my lord! So, oh, this whole movie though. This whole movie though is scenes where like a woman walks in and she's obviously brawless and she's just she's got the, you, know, you, you can see the whole room because she's got her high beams on, and it's like, <laughs> oh, but the whole. I mean, that's the whole movie though. But I think that was also the era. That's what they did in that era. Yeah. Oh it's man, true. it's such a it's a product of its time, and we're not oh totally we're not far from it, but we are far from it at the same time. It's it's weird to be in this position and talking I mean, about a movie if, like this. I would say then maybe that's what Siskel was talking about. The war on women is well, that so, yeah. they're yeah, all well, sexualized in the shit. sense that well, I mean, we do get a nice Kevin Bacon in a speedo, but that's the most part. Mm-hmm. We don't get like dude with a hard rock- on. Oh, He's well, got a hard on at one point. I well, I was about I to say. I did not notice him because it's not a prominent. Kevin's you bacon him, was frying. You got him. Yeah, yeah. Someone, <laughs> I'm looking for it, bro. I saw it. I saw that Kevin Bacon hard on, and I was like, "Hell no. yeah, yes, it's sir." It's where he, right there. He was rocking right, the banana. Right, right before. Right, be- right before they go and dive in and save Ned from pretend drowning. Yes, Kevin Bacon has a hard. Well, I mean, on. that's the speedo yeah, but scene. Was, but he was like, yeah, but he was like twenty. I mean, at twenty, just did he have a hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm saying <laughs> if I was representation just, all around, man. They this movie. Is I not did well. The, the I'm not purposeful. Said. No, that is not purposeful representation. There's not. We're not getting well, a wiener maybe, hanging though. out. Like, I mean, if, yeah, it's, well, it's not wild way. things. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> maybe the mushroom stamp was akin to the the ladies and their nipples constantly. Maybe that's because there's a lot of scenes in this movie where there's guys that have got things that are like too tight and too revealed. So maybe that maybe it was like there, almost. Uh, I mean, the other guys in the short jean shorts, he comes in later just in his undies with his shirt like tied okay. to, like a diaper underneath yes. him. Or well, that's something. well, that's Ned. Ned comes in later that's acting so, like an Indian chief. Right. But. That's the scene directly after the snake scene, which is the cop scene, which is my yes. next. Yes. I fucking love that scene as well. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. The cop is so ridiculous. All his dialogue, <laughs> the way he talks to him is like, you just get off the spaceship, just son. I'm talking about Colombian gold <laughs> and the bike is so clearly not a cop bike but they just got like stickers and spelled out police on the side of it just he's a a motorcycle cop in the backwoods on dirt road yeah the last place struggling struggling on that bike (laughs) we ain't gonna have no weirdness out here (laughs) that scene was awesome what what ross was talking about about the glass breaking scene when alice comes in she's breaking the glass she gets in there and then there's that file cabinet and she is beating the shit out of that cloud cabinet, trying to get those chained padlocks off. And my first thought was, what if he just grabbed the middle drawer and pulled it out? Doors <laughs> 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 would open at the same time. I mean, they'd be closed, but they'd all still open at least, you know? I just, like, the stupid little shit that you see that when you're, you're watching like, these things. Mm, that could have been thought out yeah, a little better. Like, uh, yeah. well, and then she has that rifle, and she's like, she's all hunting down, like, I'm hunting Wabbit, except for I'm not. Um, but it was so... When it comes to when it comes to guns and horror movies, and I, I get this, this, is, this was like eighty, right? 
but that gun was so not scary and so like i i don't think i would i just would have went just bat it aside well that's like, what pamela did basically at the end slaps but, it out of the yeah yes. but it was so like i mean like not not a gun that I'd be afraid well, she of. Couldn't, she couldn't find the bullets either, though. That That's what sucked for her. Well, that's the best the part. Bullets. I was like, eh, it's empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, but that was that locked file cabinet we talked about. Mm -hmm. So just, like, oh, just turned to a yeah. bludgeoning so, gun. Some of, that, some of that was so great as it was building up to the end. It's like, I'm going to make a stand, but I actually have no tools to make a stand. And then we have Pamela Voorhees. Um, and I can't think of the band or the group that does it, but that that uh, that song I get knocked down, but I get up again. Chumbawamba, you can't think of Chumbawamba. Get out of here. Sam, I'm fifty. Okay, give me a break. Okay, dude. But it's like totally. She fell down and went oh oh, and then she stood right back up again. I sit there watching this movie because I watched it tonight again, and I'm just like. And I'm, I'm, I'm like tapping my toes, like, uh, get no, that no. would have been incredible. <laughs> I'd love to watch this with that supercut the chum, the chumbawamba <laughs> supercut of Friday the 13th. Honestly, we should chumbawamba every battle between <laughs> like the final girl and the I'm villain. getting dogged down, but I'm in again. Now we're gonna keep my dog back and forth and back and forth. It was I mean, I love the scene in the it's like total darkness with Bill and Alice and he's leaving her on the couch to like go figure out why the power got cut. And it's clearly ADR dialogue of like it, it was a silent scene. And later they clearly added because you can tell they're not talking like about how he's going to go check on it. And she's like, OK, I'll, do, do you want me to come? No, you stay here and rest. And then it shows her and she's clearly just asleep. And then he goes, does his thing. And when it cuts to her waking up, she's like waking up clearly like, where's Bill? Um, so Bill? it's just Bill? Uh, like this whole movie, Bill, not done well. Uh, yeah. Well, but that's the scene that they replay in a lot of the other movies. They, they replay that one definitely in part three with the two hippies. The, the hippie lady does that same thing. But we're not doing, but we can't, we're not doing the franchise. Well, I know that, I'm just saying it, it, it becomes, I, I hate to use the word, but it, it becomes a, sort of a trope. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's like a trope in its own ecosystem. Yes. Sure. But it didn't know it at the time. Right. It oh no. Right. I think this is the springboard for a slew of tropes. <laughs> that sure. Gonna, and I think probably the biggest critiques that you get out of the <laughs> slasher genre comes out specifically out of this movie. We're Agreed. Like, oh, okay. Yep. Um, I, I gotta say, dude, Jack's death, Kevin Bacon's death in this movie is fucking wild. Is that in cool. kills? Because I'm trying to know. Well, I, like I said, we can jump around. Um, okay. But if we, I'm going to go through them in order so we don't forget anything. Okay. Uh, Yeah, agree, Ross. That That's a great kill. Dude, making love above a corpse. Then, <laughs> then, then the daddy's daddy. Daddy's daddy. Then the yeah. fox trot out, and then just getting speared. I just, I, my favorite part about that, obviously, is the things with throat, but it's also the blood that hits him, where mm. he realizes it's blood, and yeah. then gets murked. I oh. like the fact that he has that split second of like, oh shit, <laughs> and then the. 
You know, and, and, you- uh, another interesting thing of that scene is uh, that Savini pushing the arrow through and Tasso was supposed to be like pumping the blood and the pump, as soon as he pumped it, the hose came off. So like as they're shooting, no blood's coming out and he just quickly grabbed it and blew in it. So that's why it spurts out like that. It's because it's him being like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. See, I honestly, I to me, it adds to it because that exact same time, because you can tell Mr. Bacon was not expecting it to go like splurt out that because his eyes are flinching the entire time. Like it's that we're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I don't know. That it whole- almost added more of a realness to me. Is that like, God, if I had a fountain shooting out of my neck, I still would be like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, you'd be like, get it out of my eyes. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> what adds to that scene too is also the morality of the film like like the whole premise of this film is based on what naughty things you are supposed to do or not supposed to do when you go away at camp and um i've got some plot holes for that based on what pamela does but this scene is 100 part of it like they have sex they die kevin bacon gets the arrow through the neck this kill scene is so fucking dope even even to this day, like you could see the separation between the makeup of the neck and the head, whatever, whatever. It's back when pretty I was good a kid, though. It's not but, that bad. Yeah. But back when I was a kid, you oh, didn't see that. No. And you know what you saw? You saw a motherfucker getting stabbed through the neck and blood gushing up into his face. And this this kill scene was fucking dope. Again, Best kill scene slash worst in the movie is the snake because it's real. Oh, 100%. Sure. Um, yes. I do like the – just to touch back quickly on Jack's death is that I like the fact that it's a protruding out, not a stabbing in. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. – oh, that weird arrowhead peekaboo surprise in comparison and to, like, the all the – Savini oh, was excited like, for the challenge what? of that. Because he was he like, you always shit. do stuff do- going in. You never do anything coming out. So he was totally. like excited. <laughs> well, even like, the, even like the axe to the head scene where it's like, and he talks, Savini talks about it, where it's like they kind of have the shot of like the actual real axe up in the air. And as it's coming down, they switch it over to like a rubber axe. And then you have like the prosthetic going going through. So you still have that realism process. I think this, like the actual surprise, because you never see this thing enter the back of his neck. It just splurts out. Mm-hmm. It's almost like alien. You know what I mean? Where yes. it's like, you're, yes. it's, it has this like, and just, oh God. Yeah. There's something about that. Just like, so apparently Kevin Bacon was just like standing there looking straight up. Um, but you know, he was vertical, he wasn't laying down, and it had that prosthetic body below him, and he was like that for two hours, which oh, wow. I guess could be worse Damn. considering things you hear about movies, but still that would not be fun. No, not fun. <laughs> the shocking thing about Jack's death and the lady he's with is that they actually they go on and on in that scene about making it pretty romantic. Yeah, really, right. Really about her and her pleasure they they show her pleasure a lot well not only that but he but after they have their love making he he's like she says save a spot for me he's like oh yeah i will like they're they're all about each other and then pamela still kills them <laughs> yes pamela kills people pamela lures brenda outside of her cabin on the premise of i'm a young female i need help so Scream, screaming yeah, I'm going to bring you out here and murder you, even though I'm all against everything that I'm doing. Pamela's a hypocrite. She is. Pamela just kills saying. Annie for just because she's going to work at the camp. Right. Right. She, yeah. 
Annie even has Take the her dream old job. of. Well, I've I'm, always I'm, dreamt I'm, of cooking for kids. Exactly. That's hilarious. Yes. Yes. No, no, she hates it when people call them kids. Makes them sound like little goats. Goats. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's still that's so true. funny. It's still so funny that she hates that people that people are are having sex, right? For for whatever reason. Well, and Pamela's I, all backed up. That's why I'm saying it right now. I don't give a fuck. I I think so too. I think she needs some hogzilla. Yeah. Or some lobster hog. Either way, you have two. You have two she's people. A crazy person. Clearly, she's clearly well, yeah, crazy. Yeah. She's Talks crazy, has her yeah. child. <laughs> I guess. I, yeah, I guess it's kind of a deterrent on a first date when a you're a few you're, rounds of vitamin D. I'm just saying. Well, and these people are not first date. These people are clearly into each other, and they're clearly doing their thing. But it's like somehow that's. I mean, it's like it's purest form, but they're somehow still bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah. And so to Travis's point, Pamela's a bit of a hypocrite. Oh, totally. You know? I mean, well, that actually, that is a really good point because like in a lot of movies, even in Halloween where it was like, I mean, um, a lot of it is kind of like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type stuff. And this seemed like an actual like passionate thing between like a Yeah, couple. like a real relationship and they yeah. cared about each other. Absolutely. And they were going off to have sex as you would in a relationship. Yeah. Pamela's 100%. only rule is... This camp cannot be. The, people can't right. be here. If it's here, you die. If you're going to work Agreed. there, you're going to die. If you're already working there, you're going to die. That's it. So the only thing that we really it doesn't miss, matter though, what they do. Yes, exactly. So the only thing we really miss is a one good Boy Scout carving Pamela a perfect wooden dildo as a merit badge. And she would have been fine. She like if she could have gotten that like not if it was done on camp. Well, on, not on camera. She had to have no, a no, private on ca- time. In camp. It, see, this is the problem. It has to be. If it was mailed to her house, like, say, away from camp, it would be one thing. That but would, if it's in know. camp. Every time, is well, yeah, every Jason time Drowning, is that her weird. memory or is that just like her, you know, making it up? Because wouldn't she have been there to save him if she could picture him in the water being like, Mom, <laughs> help me? Right. Or is oh, that yeah. just no, like her imagination? That, that is a great question based on what part two presents us because part one presents us the, the story, the narrative that Jason drowned and died. So that's why Pamela is going off. But, and since Ross already did it, since we're all kind of tiptoeing around it, Part two presents us with the fact that Jason did not die as a kid. Jason is not dead. Jason what? is still very much alive, very much alive. Thanks for ruining it for Sam. Twelve movies you told are about some guy Sam named said- Jason. Well, <laughs> not Pamela Voorhees. Is Travis doubting a mother's love? I just, I how do you do it, Travis? Listen, okay. listen. When are we? When are we moving on to favorite lines and interactions? Because I, that's, as soon as it feels up. right, I've been waiting. <laughs> so say, now's we, as good a time we, as anyone. As can any. we get into Crazy Ralph. Yeah, well, that's I'm ready characters. for cra- characters. Oh, I'm ready for that. Lines and interactions. Um, I pretty much already covered it. I, my favorite stuff is with the cop. That's the best. Yeah. The best of the best for me. Just his whole persona and the like. What you been smoking, boy? You know what I mean. What you just get off a spaceship? I'm talking about that. <laughs> Whatever he says, Yukon Gold. It's, it's that like, weed, dig it. Yeah, I, lo- I love the fact that that entire sequence feels like it was written by someone who's never done drugs, and it's played so well. <laughs> yeah, it's such a fucking Amazing. good scene. Um, so that's my favorite liner interaction. Anybody else got a favorite? Um, I love the whole. It crazy. It's got a death curse, it's and then, got and then a death curse. 
Enos is like, he's a real prophet of doom, ain't he? Mm-hmm. I also love the joke in the movie where it's like 40 yards to the outhouse by will he make it? Yes. And my other favorite line in the film is killer mommy. Killer. Yeah. So those are my it's favorite really lines good. and cool. interactions to a degree. Just keeping it brief. Yeah. I don't have a I, I don't have a line, but there was a there was a, a scene where they were out on the floating raft. And Kevin Bacon was just taking his index finger and going up and down that girl's thigh. <laughs> so what you're saying is he was talking with his hands. You went right back yeah. to that being a little boy in that cabin and feeling yeah. weird all over again. Yeah, yeah I looked boy. Down. What's happening? I want yep, Kevin Bacon happening. to touch my thigh. <laughs> I really want that. One day I'm going to touch someone's imagine. thigh like that. <laughs> His plum smugglers, Kevin Bacon can touch me wherever he wants. <laughs> my biggest fantasy is that Hollow Man happens right next door to my house, and he, <laughs> so he starts me. creeping mm-hmm. on you. You can see yeah. this Hollow Man. Yeah. Travis just Travis just wants to sleep through it. That's what he wants. He just Brian or Ross, do you have any favorite lines in or, or interactions? I was gonna say, I hate when the- people call them kids. Sound like little goats. <laughs> <laughs> great line. That's a great fucking line. No, they, every all the all my favorites have already been said. Dope characters. Okay. Favorite characters. We can get into who and what. Crazy Ralph. Cra- crazy fucking Ralph and Pamela Voorhees. That's that's the two best. That's the movie. I like um who do I like a lot? Ned, the goof the like goofball comedy guy who's oh. always like performing and- they're half a snake now or whatever he said half a clone or <laughs> yeah any of it all whatever. of it he's so uh, like for whatever reason he he really works for me this whole group of friends actually uh, a friend group's always very important to me in slasher movies um and i really like this whole group i for whatever reason they just work um but yeah i really like ned and ralph is also awesome because it's just so over the top and ridiculous to the point where it's like pretty funny <laughs> Totally. Oh, I, I agree. Okay, kind of like my favorite, not favorite character, Steve in this movie. The uh the curly Oh the guy who's glasses. running I the lo- Yes, I think, oh Steve Steve that, Christie. Oh my god, yeah. Steve Christie. It's like I, he's yeah. such a funny character to me because he's like, We gotta do all these things. Well, I'll see you guys later, and then just Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing he does is like when he meets people. Like when he first the, Kevin Bacon and all of them run up, he's like, "Hey, quickly, grab this stump. We're ripping this out of here. All right, go get to work." Right. I thought of I thought of Steve. <laughs> he reminded me of you, Sam. I could see you in short, cut off <laughs> jeans without your shirt, chopping wood with a little red bandana yeah. around, like doing Absolutely. work around your place. I, hey, I know you guys are trying to have fun, but this is a job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Man, like people, they show up and it's like, "Hey, all right, we got shit for you to do. Go do it." <laughs> yeah, and then and then, but then though, then Zam goes down and gets. His hand. <laughs> Except that's for the, the Alice thing, that's not me. I would never be like that. Yeah. There's fucking high school girls around where I am all the time, and I won't even fucking look at them. She was not high school. B Sam. Still, I what, get what, it. Yeah, no, Steve's, Steve's a little strange. Yeah, I can. Oh, wow. especially yeah. when he's walking around without his shirt and cut off jeans and a red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I almost feel like that's what I. That needs to be my look when I go to the skate park from Those now on. Those are so sorry, bro. They are so <laughs> short. You drive a jeep, Sam? I'm afraid yeah. that his I have a jeep. Yeah, a jeep renegade. Oh, wow. So wait. This is, all, this is all coming together. Yeah. Stuff it goes. Those, stuff it. those shorts are so short that I'm afraid his bubble gum is going to come out at any given scene in this movie. That's right. 
And that's what happens. That's what you want. That's what happens? Did I miss a scene? That's what you want. It's right next to the Kevin Bacon boner scene. It doesn't look very good. Ricky already said, Ricky chimed in and said what he wants. He wants the Kevin Bacon Eggs and bacon. Sausage and eggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eggs, so that's what we all want. We all know you, what we all want. When your shorts are so tight, you get one ball out of each side. That's like, that's too much for me. That just seems uncomfortable. Oh, you mean the, you mean the over-under? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pendulum. Oh, so exactly. are you talking about the pit, the pendulum? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't want to make music with my testicles. I just want them to stay where they are. <laughs> so, Tibu, I know you mentioned Pamela Voorhees. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I mean I don't dislike her, but she doesn't particularly do it for me. I know she's kind of beloved by some, by some, but I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I wish I wish Ricky were here right now because this would be his moment to shine because he loves Pamela. But I'm gonna say on his behalf, yeah. And my my opinion of this film, honestly, is this is a mid grade slasher film until you get to the final twenty minutes when Pamela gets introduced and Bessie Palmer with her acting takes this film to a whole other level. Alice also brings this film with her to another level. Like this movie achieves something beyond what it was going for. Um, They made the right choice when they hired that woman to portray this character. That's my opinion. I'm just saying I, my I think opinion. that I agree with you that Betsy Palmer does a great job as mm-hmm. uh, Pamela Voorhees. I think Alice is like a pretty bad actor, actress, whatever, in this movie. Um, like, clearly comes from theater and has, Dude. like, a lot of, like, tradition. And they stacks- all do, all the kids. <laughs> how can you say she's a bad actress? Look at how she stacks stuff. Right. Well, well everything else before place, this though. film is what I'm talking about. Like everything else before mm-hmm. this this final moment well, is I, uh, like well, but she's put in a place though where she's supposed to be the good girl. That's what she's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. And bouncing through this movie and going through the various scenes, I mean, it would be harder and harder and harder to be the quote unquote good girl, especially when she's rubbing up against Steve Christie and he's like, Yeah, right. We weren't thinking about that last night. All right, and I'm it's Steve. like she's, She's clearly not the good girl that we think she is, um, but that's what we're supposed to think through the whole entire movie. So, I don't I mean, even know if we do. Doesn't she like smoke weed and? Yeah, she, she participates in strip monopoly. And, yeah. yeah, no, 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 she does not. That's not her. She doesn't that's smoke. Bri- Go off of no, that's very- that's Brenda and um. Long ribs. Oh. Yeah. Wait, uh, the very- I thought she the asked very- about there being grass somewhere. Steve, Steve no, says that's, what? that's that's Brenda. Brenda. Uh, uh, right, I know that she doesn't do the strip properly or whatever, yeah. but yeah, right. I, well, except for her acting scared at the end, I thought that was good. Her yeah. uh, at the end, but the rest of the movie, I thought her acting was pretty not good. But again, <laughs> no one, the, a lot of the no bad one in this stuff movie's acting is good. Really, is endearing like, in a way. Yeah, I mean, when you break it down, it probably isn't. That this movie is not about good acting or whatever else. It's it's more about a like a foundational start to something bigger. I well, just don't. People knew not it. when it came out. Not when it came but out. That's what I'm saying. I, I do like. Know I do like uh, for Pamela's character. Um, I like how unhinged she is, mm-hmm. but like yeah. not to the level. Because I mean, obviously, they're they're taking nods and openly talked about taking nods from previous films like Black Christmas. I was going to say not to the Black Christmas to the Billy level. Mm-hmm. She, that's what I'm saying. Is that like they did it right in the fact where she's psychotic. 
but she's not i mean again i love me some billy that's on record that billy's one of my favorite slashers of all time but for a palatable audience like pamela is crazy but like it's a it's a scary crazy you know what i mean when she's using the voice and stuff like that she's so sweet but so unassuming like she's the unassuming killer like well she's like it's like a it's like mrs bates you know what i mean like it's out without norman you know what i mean but how crazy actually is she until like kids show up in this situation because clearly it seemed like right the rest of her steve, life is just normal until somebody goes to camp steve recognize her steve recognize her steve i have a, yes. like, I have how a theory you? i'm just having a theory i think every time they try to open up this camp that's when her trigger happens and she goes into psycho mode besides that i think she's a normal person in society i think she works her job does whatever she has to do but whenever she finds out and she stays close because she's crazy. <laughs> Whenever she finds out that they're going to open this camp again, she goes ape shit and she's ready to fucking murder people. I think this yeah. is the first time that there's counts like actual counselors That's what it's- about to open this this camp up because in when in dialogue they talk about how mm-hmm. there was fire set everywhere there was poisoning yes. the water, the water mm-hmm. so like there was so many things that Pamela was doing ahead of time. And then act, and I think the final snapping, snapping was having actual camp people counselors, actually there. people actually there, which drives her just straight up murder, like she did back in what was it fifty six? Was the fifty seven? Fifty seven, and then and then in fifty eight, uh, she killed the counselors. Fifty seven yeah, right. is when Jason drowned. drowned. Fifty eight is when she killed. She killed. So like yeah, so like it, she had a lull in her murders in her murdering. But, like, I think she tried honestly to deter people from trying to even get into the camp. And then once they were there, it was just game on. And then Jason kind of came out of her psyche and was, kill for me, mommy, please. Are there any scares in this movie worth talking about? Um, I I obviously could not find it scary with my adult brain. Personally, no, no. Even as a even as a teenager, when I first saw this movie after seeing the first few growing up and it was scary as fuck, trust me, part eight scared the fuck out of me. And everyone says that's the worst, but guess what? It scared me as a yeah, kid. That's, but that's that's the whole thing though, Travis. Like so for this one, for me, the 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 cabin doors banging open like, yeah. for no reason other than the wind, that was scary to me. Right. It's still and 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 I'm not taking I'm I'm not taking away from that. I'm just saying for me personally, like no, this movie is not scary. Um, you'd find me hard pressed to say it's scary, but for for a beginner and like how Grindhouse first saw it when he was younger, and for anyone who's coming into horror, yeah, this movie would definitely be scary for them. Um, well, I'm curious, would, Brent. What moments are there? Any other moments aside from the door banging that you found scary? Um, pretty much anything that was outside, like the lights coming on at the archery range, like lights coming on, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. because this was this was back in a place where we didn't have motion lights and whatever else. But this guy at this cabin, he had them. So out on his dock all night long, the lights would come on. <laughs> <and off. laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so, I don't know if it was motion or whatever else, but yeah, no. I, I'm serious when I say that I woke up the next morning after sleeping for about 15 minutes and I was fucking petrified. I didn't want to go outside. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to like mm-hmm. put a blanket and pull it over my head and just be like, this is happening. So, yeah. So, overall, was the movie quote unquote scary? 
No, there were not a lot of jump scares. There were not a lot of tension building moment scares, whatever else. But there were things in this movie for me that scared the shit out. I think the only one that got me younger uh, the first time watching this was the uh, arrow. The yeah, the arrow. Your baby wash was terrified. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Was the uh, arrow pin cushion. Like, uh, uh, mm. what's his name? Bill. Bill pinned to the wall. Very to the back a la Halloween. I don't know. I think it's something about him being that high up and then pierced with everything was just like, it, I don't know. There was something so off-putting about him being held up there by arrows. That leads me perfectly into asking. We've talked about kills a lot. Is there anything with kills that we haven't talked about that we wanted to mention? I guess Pamela Voorhees, we said the knuckle thing, but it is cool. She gets her head knocked off. She like, got her head. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> super sweet. Um, honestly, the gore in this, and like that, as in like the specific, like the kills are super gory, but they're also, I mean, like you're seeing like slit throats mm-hmm. and then cascading completely up. That shocked We've me. Got, I was that, not yeah. expecting to see that. Oh, oh, dude, the axe to the face in the head, that prosthetic is like, that whole sequence is fucking super like fun. Like, oh, whoa. Because usually when you're seeing like, I don't know, especially like axe death and stuff like that, like you really don't get a concept of like the actual wounds. You just kind of see like the axe up, the axe down. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? Like this is one of the first times where it's like, oh, this is like buried all the way to the hilt, like to the <laughs> into her head. I was like, I'm like, oh, God. Then it's going to take a nice nap on a pillow afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it, got, it had a lot of work, so it got real tired and had to take a power nap. Well, yeah, as the movie starts out and you have these, I mean, I think by today's standards, what you'd call pretty blasé kills. Somebody gets it in the gut and falls over. The one thing that I know now versus what I knew when I was a kid is that like being stabbed in the gut is not necessarily mean that you're going to die right away. Um, so that's always like, Somehow it like sticks in my head. I'm not sure why exactly, but it sticks in my head. But I'm going to go back to when I can't think of her name, but she gets it across the throat and then she screams and like tilts her head back. And as she tilts her head back, you can see the prosthetic open and then the blood comes out. I think that was accidental, but I think it was super effective at the same time. It was actually intentional. The only way for it to work was for her to lean her head back. That opened up the wound. Right? So that's so that's awesome. my impression of the whole thing, but that's what it left me with. So I'm I'm still okay with my breezy interaction all behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They had a copper tube that they ran up so the to pump the blood out too. I think that's I mean that's a really good point because like when the first I mean even the second murder in '58, like you kind of have like a gut stab that's kind of off screen but kind of on screen because you kind of see it, and then like this the second girl like she throws a bunch of boxes and then it just zooms up to her face and like she gets mm-hmm. death by zoom. You know what I mean? So, like, it ends like a nice precursor. It's a precursor where you're like, oh, okay, so this is the level that I'm seeing. And then the other murders go through. Cunningham said that was intentional to, like, sort of make you, like, so that the other stuff was more shocking. The first one, you, again, it's kind of in the gut. You don't really see it. The second one is a freeze frame. So that then the when you see that first throat slit, you're like, holy shit. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I in for? So I think that unless there's any more kills or gore to touch on, that wraps up our first six. And I know we've been going a little while, so I think we should take a break. And these these next ones shouldn't take us nearly as long. And welcome back from that quick break. 
we are going to get in our next six. This is six part two, the final chapter. (laughs) 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 All right. Question one. Would we survive this movie? I think so. This is the first one that I I think where you have a good chance of surviving. (laughs) I say yes, but also, okay, I'm going to say no because... I know well okay, I can only say this for the 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 main shuttleman here, is that now that you know who the killer is, I'm gonna be totally honest with you, all of us are way too nice that if a middle-aged woman in a turtleneck that we've never met before tries to engage in conversation with us, we're gonna talk and probably get stabbed by her. Sam, well, you're, no. if she you're gives so- away the game immediately like she does to Alice. That- no. See it's like all the other ones kind of POV talking. and so, I mean, again, if she's doing it like the weird Alice. Well, Ned just follows her into the thing. <laughs> if, we're, if, we're, if we're exactly like the people in this film and see Pamela as harmless as we perceive her to be, then we're going to get stricken down. Cause <laughs> just, uh, but if I'd but never been like, I'm going to say right now, I would never, I would survive because I would never be a summer camp counselor. Ever. 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 You mean your dream isn't to cook for children? No, no, (laughs) never. Which also reminds me, we didn't touch on it before, and then we kind of skipped it when we talked about it. The whole whodunit aspect of this being Pamela Voorhees, but not being a character until the fucking end of the movie Uh, makes it like erases any whodunit aspect because it was. There's no anybody we know. No, it's a brand yes, new character. There's no, no way you can. You've never met. You've never met this person. Do anything to figure that out. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck, there's a mystery afoot. Uh, well, I think it's him. I think it's her. I think it's this person. I think it's that snake that I chopped up a few minutes it ago. The, it was the snake. Well, oh, but no, it's it's all of a sudden why, it's this random lady. Well, that's yeah. why it's just, a, it's just a tendril, a smallest sliver of a diallo, because they, you know. Even it, most Giallos, they they show you the killer ahead of time, and you just have to sort of guess who it is. I think this is. I think this movie still gives a little bit of a nod to the Italian stuff, where it's mm. like, well, it's it would have been. Though. It would have been I'm awesome not if sure I've seen one. To be honest, I'm aware of the genre, but oh, we'll dive into. I've it. only seen American oh. stuff that people say this is Giallo. <laughs> right. Um, I it would have added more to that. If, like, say, in the beginning, uh, diner kind of, you know, hangout scene in the town, if Pamela was in the crowd. Was hanging out there or was something. Hanging out there. Yeah. She pushed yeah, for that. She asked to be anything. in the beginning or, like, waved Alice driving by in the Jeep or something. And Sean S. Cunningham was like, nah, we're not going to do that. Which is so funny. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I think we, we're not going to waste your time about that. A whole bunch of guys need that- to watch this movie again because if you don't see Pamela in the diner, well i didn't see her but i will say after watching this movie like since i was a teenager so that's 20 years now okay i've been watching this movie over and over again i watched it three times for this fucking review i watched it last year for our fucking nightclub uh, hoot nanny for halloween yeah Uh, you mean a halloween hoot nanny yeah, like so. I like, just I, assume she's not there because she said she pushed to get in the beginning of the movie and it got shot down. Yeah, I, I've she's, she's actually hiding in a building times. across town, frantically she waving never her shows arm. Up. <laughs> she never shows up. This movie is not giving you 
your so the answer is some of us would survive and some of us wouldn't. <laughs> I, th- yes, I, think, I I think I think I think I think we'd survive together because we know the tropes of a slasher film and fuck that old lady. Yeah, I fuck think her. if she remains like normal and just does pure surprise attack, obviously I could get got. But if she's like, kill her, mommy, kill her. Yeah. Okay, Jason. I'd be like, <clears throat> okay. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> So Sam and if she... I, I like it. I like it. I can get got. That, that, get that, got. And that's like, that's honestly all like almost every horror movie ever. If you think about it, it's like, I think I'm a badass, whatever else, but got, I can got get got. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. me. Not with this film. Fuck this. No, exactly. Almost everyone I've been like, yeah, for sure. What am I going to do? It's the oh, Blair Travis, Witch. Travis, but... Blair, Blair Witch, I'd burn the fucking woods down. You're going to find me, bitch. That's not going to work, Fuck dude. That's not going to work. You burn the woods down? Gonna work. Yeah, yes, I don't you give a fuck not do time that. I think, I think that just kills ass. you. I think you just burn your ass down. I'm burning the woods down. I don't care. Travis, you don't say it. Drinking the coffee going, this is the best cup of coffee I've had on the road in forever. And then No one said it. No one said it. I'm burning it down. Burning it down. We're all burning. Good luck. Fuck Good luck. All right. all Let me know how that goes. Yeah. Sit in the it's creek. Set everything on fire. That's goddamn right. It's just not going to burn. D- did anything happen in the movie that pulled you out of the movie? Yes. Fucking tons of yes. stuff. I don't know. So much. Yes. 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 <laughs> a lot. A lot. A lot. That furniture scene. I, I think the, it's, cl- every scene in the movie pulls you out of the movie. Yeah, just yeah. about. That's not, why you, that's not why you watch it. Though. No, yeah. yeah, it does have like some it's charm how, about it's it. It's how long some of these scenes go on. Where it's oh, just honestly, like, that's his charm. I can't believe your shit, Mister Skinnamarink, is shaking his head over there. I am. I don't care. I, I anticipated this shit because I knew what I was going to say about how this is boring compared to Skinnamarink. All right, Skinnamarink <laughs> is prepared. Every scene is prepared, and I can break it down for you. This yeah. movie was random shots by random improv shit happening because no one knew what was going yes. on. Yeah, and that they, doesn't make that doesn't make it. It didn't work for me a lot of the sure. time. That's it doesn't work for me either. It takes me out of it, but in like a funny way. Like I'm not yes. mad at it. I'm yes. amused by it. Well, that's why it's better. So now. it's still entertaining. That's why it's better now. Yes, that is why it's better now for sure. I think so. I agree with you, Sam. But yeah, it, you guys have any specifics that didn't get mentioned of things that pulled you out of the movie, or we're just going or with everything? The entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you want to break it down, Steve Christie at the diner with the Jeep. Pulling the pulling the jeep back, don't he? Like, he has a he's he's got a he's got a fucking jeep, right? He's got a fucking jeep. It's a four by four, and he somehow skids off in the ditch, and the cop has to bring him back to the camp. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just the like, cop car, like that. the cop car makes. It. <laughs> but it gives you that. It gives you that, like the headlights in the distance thing, and it pulls up, and you're like, and then the bubble gum lights come on, and it was like, oh, like I just. Like I was hoping for something more in that scene, and then like the cop lights came on, and it was like, oh, just this is just gonna be the this is just gonna be the the the, the perfectly shaved, super awesome hat, sort of jolly cop who just shows up and goes, like, yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> and it was Black just like, red. uh, yeah. Just, at that point in the film i'm kind of excited because i'm like oh my god man can someone please get to these counselors but yeah the cop even gets a a a, a radio signal halfway through it's like hey 
we need you over here. So he's like, bye, Steve Christie. Bye. <laughs> you can walk the rest of the way, bro. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. the one point in the movie where even the people that were filming it were going, this is going on too long. We should end this shit. <laughs> like, right they didn't on. know how to go. <laughs> what, what should we do? I don't know. They could play Monopoly. <laughs> right. Strip Monopoly. Well, yeah. they, well make it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't I'm just do Monopoly. Yeah. I'm going to say this, and I mean it. Next Dunes Cantina Trivia Edition, we're playing strip trivia. Yeah, it's done. It's it's solidified. It is funny that you can have strip monopoly in a movie and still make it boring. (laughs) (laughs) They did it, boy. They did it. I'm hoping hoping Brian will show up here. I'm thinking that if Ross played, Ross might want to. Brian, what what would Ross do if we were playing? God damn it. I wasn't. He'd Uh, probably want. I'd suck on a titty for an hour. (laughs) <laughs> there it is. There which is monopoly which By is the definition. that's in the bylaws yeah what kind and of tone or vibe did this movie have camp Ooh. slasher summer summer vibes summer um, vibes yeah so, uh, Hot girl I felt, summer i felt like it gave me summer vibes flat like, in a way <laughs> at the beginning oh. of the movie at the, at the beginning, when all the counselors are going there and they're all excited to go to summer camp and they're all excited to get this new job, it gave me vibes of summer. And it, there's a scene towards the towards the middle of the film where it's right before Kevin Bacon makes love with um uh the, sweet I, sweet love. See, yeah, you he, said he, makes love because that's what they do, and yet they yeah, get it's, killed for it. Well, again, there's plot. They, they don't get killed Pamela. for it. They just get killed because they're at the because they're at camp. Yeah. yeah. Pamela is fucking flawed, all right, with her logic. So the they, they make love, but before that there's a scene where it issues. feels like it feels like the end of summer. It feels like the end of a summer day and mm. it gives me that vibe. But besides that, the vibe I get from this film is what? it's it's uh <laughs> slight, what? There's a slight layer of grittiness to it because it's low budget, but besides that Besides some good cinematography and the amazing score by Harry Manfredini, um, nice name. Say it again, Harry Manfredini. Yeah. yeah, that's a tough one for me. I don't know he, why. Oh, oh, it's well, he's legit, dude. That, that, that he, he's the he's the um, the composer for the whole series, basically. So get mm. ready for a lot of Manfredini in your future. Um, <laughs> he made a solid score. I hope it's Harry. <laughs> it's a Manfredini summer. I get the vibe of a of a summer film and and uh, boring, but also comfortable. <laughs> but also comfortable at the same time, comfortable. I would say comfortable. Yeah. So yeah, pastel. It's like flat but charming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would yeah. say this, this movie. Honestly, for me, this movie, uh, having seen it as a kid, but then like trying to like get a little farther in life and like put a vibe on it, I would I would call it. This is after the graduation of high school. I'm out of high school. Mm. I'm old. I can do whatever I want. And the first thing that I want to do is live by no rules. I want to get laid. I want to smoke weed. I want to drink. Yeah. Beer. And I we'll just, play Monopoly. Right. I want to hitchhike. <laughs> yeah. Damn, if you want to play right can now, finally cook for children. We can play. And I'll play <laughs> You can be the shoe, Sam. You are the shoe. Uh, I just want to like live by my own rules and my own terms. But then, like this movie has that moral compass thing where it's like it's trying to tell you that 
if you live by your own rules, this is what's going to happen. But this is like, I mean, early 80s horror is nothing if not like you have to observe a moral compass. And if you don't, you're going to die. You got you know? It's mm-hmm. got a death curse. Exactly. <laughs> is there anything about this movie that is unusual for the genre? Um, yes. Uh, Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah. Yep. Mrs. Voorhees. Yep. Uh, daytime a female killer, yep. female killer, daytime <laughs> like broad daylight kills. Yep, I think was kind of a, a a good one for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of like, I guess a lot of things that we consider tropes and insane stuff, like this movie included, is kind of like one of the responsible more of yeah. like how things are presented, I guess. So it's like some of the things that I would consider tropes are actually like established in this franchise it's interesting because this movie was made to ape off of halloween but it it in doing so it created its own like you're saying ross like a a whole other subgenre of what the fuck um (laughs) Uh, like new set of rules like yeah when randy's writing down the rules he watches halloween and then adds more rules from Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Totally, one hundred percent, Sam. Yep. And but this it's movie like if you were going that... off and giving those rules based on this movie, the rules are technically incorrect, like <laughs> because there's no rhyme or yeah. reason for the only rhyme or reason for her killing it's, is because they're at the camp, what? not because of what code. they're doing. It's right. a zip code. But you the, could, you if could you were to write a movie, the rule you would need to follow those rules, not the camp thing. You know, you do your own. Like, whatever. But Brian, but I do appreciate that because obviously trying to be obtuse about it is that the rest of the series, for the most part, is you just have to be in camp and you're going to die. Like there is that's I mean, that's the one rule of this <laughs> of this franchise. I heard, I heard in one of oh. them you could also be in space. Or on uh, also, also <laughs> New York. Oh, We've yeah. also got New York, too. Or in hell, right? Uh, parts oh, of all that, all, all that, that shit. Yeah, boy. you're gonna be, you're gonna it's be all, trotting all going around, to, totally. going all over the place, cause <laughs> no, it really does. Because it, it takes like the more, even they make fun of it in in uh, Jason X, but like that, yeah. the, like what you're talking about, the moralistic compass. I guess it's there, but it's not really followed by any standpoint, Brian. I think you're 100 percent right. It's like literally, you just have to be in camp, and then your your risk of dying exponentially spikes. <laughs> Well, it would be like if you went in on the basis of you seeing all these murders and you knew what happened before them. Oh my God, they had sex and then they got killed. This happened. They were playing strip monopoly and then they got killed. There seems to be like some sort of pattern here for it, but not getting the other story that there isn't a pattern to it's like building a basis off of a false pretense, which is, it's great. I mean, obviously it's set up, you know, the rules and all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah. It is well, based ultimately on the fact that she just hated yeah. people that were here <laughs> and it yeah. didn't matter what you were doing. Exactly. Yeah, but that's that's the slow unraveling. And I think just about all the movies going forward sort of follow this. It's like we start with the people that are having sex and then we follow. We Then we go on to the people that are like kind of sexy and pretty. And then we fall on to people. And then Drugs. We just fall on to, you are within 20 square miles of here, so you have to die. <laughs> but like every movie sort of follows that premise where it's like we start out with the people that are flat on knocking boots and they're 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 doing their thing but then as it goes it's like anyone who's even remotely associated with this whole thing is the the people that mm-hmm. have to you know so i mean you know that pretty much leads to the next question which is what is the message of the movie is it i got sex- it 
get the fuck out of camp. Brian's like, get out of camp. Don't go to camp. I don't think it really has one. There's not. I know what it is. Make money. I've got the answer. It's don't be fucking and letting little kids drown. Pay attention and do your job. Be responsible or there will be grave consequences. Yeah, the message That's in the, the movie is save a child's life instead of having sex. <laughs> do yeah. you, the, the, the moral of the story is do your job. Do your fucking job. Yeah. Instead of getting a blowy, use a lifesaver and try to save a kid in the lake. Yeah. For yeah. real. Yeah. Like, like don't, don't be fucking around. I will Pay start. attention. I mean, getting getting your blowy at the lake after workouts. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> so you could be watching and making sure no one's drowning, but you could still get in your blowy. Brian, Brian, I'm not saying you can't multitask because you could multitask. Yeah, boy. <laughs> well, that's like saying the word blowy. <laughs> think about this movie when it was made. I don't know why. I don't know why it went directly to blowy. Because <laughs> that's the best place it could go, man. Yeah. Blowy on Gunk oh. Street. Well, I'm just, oh, I'm just. Bad. You know, I have to keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, movie even... came, this movie came from a place, though. If you if you think about the time and the era, this movie came from a place where we were first starting to form like labor unions, like big time, like especially like in the automotive things. And the reality of it, it was, and I think Travis is right. It's like. Yeah, we all want to be doing things, okay? But from a certain time, whether it's nine to five or five to nine, you've you've got like responsibilities and you've got to do those things. Yeah, if you don't do those things. There's repercussions, you know. And I don't think a- that's the message of this movie, though. I think that's just like I mean, I that's I like do. a thing. I do. No, I, I think do. That's part of I think, it. I think that's something that you it. found out of it upon Agreed. many yeah. years later, and what it spawned because of this movie. Yeah, no, you should but do looking your at fucking the- job and stop being a bitch. <laughs> but I feel like so this is just a separate well, okay. tangent if okay. you wanted to say something you believe in rather than what the movie's about. <laughs> no, I think the movie is really about like okay, don't don't don't, don't think, morally think, fuck around too much and do your like job. That we may be reading into things. If you no. go from the first time I saw it, the no. message that I got was masturbate often. That was the message I got. <laughs> just avoid <laughs> all temptation. Do it all yourself. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> Sam, there is I like one that. Way. I like that. Yeah. That's it's right. absolutely fine. There's nothing weird about it. Uh, uh, so, life, it's a, job, it's a movie about foundation because this movie did really spawn a foundation of slashers going forward for 25 plus years now. That's what it did. Um, it, like the overall message. I mean, this movie did have a moral message, and it, it right. I also think it that. Never bring, <laughs> never bring your snake. It fucking did it. It's your goddamn Dude. job. Well, Listen to me, goddammit. The whole point of the movie was it had a message. Well, yeah, but the what? hardest part is that I for the message this movie was trying to give me, I wanted to ignore all of it. I wanted to just go in and maybe the message is oh, that actually, I, I you should is. seek counseling um, if you're someone like Pamela Voorhees and experience uh, the tragic the death of a loved no. one. You should, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought the moral of the story was um, I think this is the actual the the point and message of this film is never bring your snake to work. Uh, For real. Yeah. That's Don't the unintentional message. Tom Savini yeah. when he says, yeah. hey, I'm going to borrow this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, never let Tom Savini borrow Don't. an animal. That, that's, the, that's the message. 
Don't let Tom Savini near I any lizards, amphibians, or snakes. Oh my god. I want to trust them with you guys. I, uh, oh. All right, last of the six. <laughs> I need to borrow Sam for a second. <laughs> was, was this a setting you were familiar with? Uh, don't know Jersey. Camp. Never I've been never to a sleepaway camp. camp. Yep. Um, it was. Familiar. I've kind of been to you know inland lakes, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, no. Boy Scout camp. Oh yeah, all day long. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Other than like, I've never been to summer long. camp, but I've been in cabins and plenty of time in the woods. So sure, yeah, right. I'm, I'm yeah. not. But I, I never had by. that. I wanted. I always wanted to go to a camp, though. I like, did, but I didn't. For like time. a sleepaway camp for a couple yeah. weeks, I always thought that would have um, been great. Technically, been I think it's the one in New Jersey. They actually have a camp, Crystal Lake, you can go to as an adult and party your butt off, and then get chased around by a by a a, a Voorhees. That sounds amazing! Ooh, wow. <laughs> All right, I want to do that. Lost, lost. That's go. where we're having our second shuttle fest. Yeah, okay. nice. Okay. Um, so that wraps up six part mm-hmm. two, the final chapter. Up next, we have six part three, six goes to hell, colon, the final six. <laughs> <laughs> There's a colon in there. <laughs> you gotta have it. It's a hell colon. <laughs> villain level one through ten. One. Pamela Voorhees, what's her villain level? I don't know. I'm gonna say I really don't know. What I'm gonna to say her. a three. Wow, Ross. Okay. Yeah, because wow. I, I and you think a... we can't survive her? A three? Wow. No, 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 no. Just because she's unassuming, it, it adds like a like I think maybe like a four Ross, or a five. You're you're fucking me right now. <laughs> I'm just saying this just gives me more Again, confidence that I can survive. Me. Totally. You're about to get no, double fucked because I agree with that three. Yeah, it's oh my no, god. I think, <laughs> what the fuck am no, no, I doing? Hear me out, though. Hey, Tibu, you ever been triple in... fucked? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call full shuttle. Yeah, I want to be full shuttle right now. Boy. No, I'm right I there think, with you, Ross. I think watching it and like in the ecosystem of what Friday the Thirteenth is, like which I, I did get... not do. Which yeah, I watched know, with, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I'm aware of Jason. What the fuck? But... Well, <laughs> yeah. no, but even taking excluding that out and just having it in this movie, mm-hmm. a lot of this <laughs> is like a lot of this is this is like su- surprise kills with um, a lot of like cloak and dagger in a place that she's very accustomed to, where it's like I don't know. I th- I feel like she's not that crazy of a villain. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, like, in comparison <laughs> to the other villains that we have covered, I think she's very low on the list by being just a crazy mere mortal. Man, all right. Mortal. All right, give us your rating. Uh, she's a 10. Um, you never see her coming because <laughs> the movie never shows you she's coming. Because as you said, um, she needs to get some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She needs some D. Um, but also, she's perfect at being sweet and unassuming because Chrissy, Steve Chris is like, hey, what are you doing here? And she just stabs his ass to death. Nothing and scarier then, than a sweet, unassuming old lady. You goddamn right. And then she flips right over into being menacing and psychotic. And without her being that, this movie would not be what it is it would not it would not I, it's her commitment i, I agree says. i mean i think she does a great job it's just it's still 
is what it is, you know? I don't, I don't care a, what anyone yeah. says. Put a lesser actor movie is, in the role. If anyone likes this movie, it's because of her and what she did at the end. And if you like it beyond that, good job, I guess. That's but not true. I like a lot shit. of the stuff you don't like. <laughs> well, that's that, that that's fine. But this is what the movie's built off of in the fan base. It's built off of this in pop culture. This well, is what this movie I'm, is built off of. Pamela Voorhees and Betsy Palmer's performance is top-notch. Um, she saves the film, in my opinion, saves mm-hmm. the film. And in your opinion. Gave us... Yeah, my opinion. Gave us a franchise. I said in your opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I'm repeating it. I know. I was uh, a little. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. Reporte? (laughs) Let's move on. That really crashed. (laughs) He's trying to riz you up, but it ain't working. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, No, I get get that. I think think it's just the... uh, I think on a, on the villain scale, in comparison to other real baddies, you know what I mean. Uh, she does. She does a great performance. But at the I'm end only of the day, doing it on this movie. That's she's a, all I'm doing. She's a sweet slasher and a turtleneck. Yeah, that's all I'm doing it on too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grindhouse. Exactly right. So you have you have a woman. So you start this movie right, and you've got Steve Christie who is out. Uh, Chopping wood, doing whatever else, and his cut off shorts and his red band. And my new outfit. <laughs> Hot as fuck out there. Because I, I honestly thought they were in Florida for a while. I, I did. Um, <laughs> but then it's like you have this woman that shows up in this full wool knit turtleneck thing, and she's just like, Hi, I'm friends with the Christies, and I'm just, everything else is, I mean, she just, she's almost like the total unassuming killer until she goes into that. Did you hear this story about that boy who drowned? And then it's like, yeah, it doesn't take long. <laughs> it doesn't, I, I agree. When she's introduced, it doesn't take long. But when she introduces it, it gives you all of this feedback, like all these things that you make, like start making sense of. Um, like, do I think she's a ten out of ten killer? No, she's not. But she's got to be. She's got to be like a seven. I'm, I'm doing it for Rickles right now. I'm representing Rickles and I'm saying she is a fucking 10 and fuck everyone who watched it wrong. So so what do we think? <laughs> Boys a four? Or can we go with four gentlemen? Sure. Yeah. I like the idea <laughs> that it's like 95 degrees out and she's coming up in a turtleneck sweater. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, so well, strike one. <laughs> is a seven killer just because of her approach, because of the POV sneaking up on you in the woods. I'm driving a Jeep. I'm kind of a- yeah. I was funny bro, as a Ricky. Ricky, I was there for you, bro. She wears a turtleneck. She's kind of a badass. She drives a Jeep. I mean, she's not quite like the uber uber tight lady killer that we all kind of want. But she's also <laughs> for, for for 1980. Yeah, well, she's the one. Why does she decide <laughs> to tell our final girl the story? I mean, she could have told Ned. We don't see what happens with him, right? Mm-hmm. He true. gets killed off screen. He gets killed off screen. So she could have had a monologue with him, and he could have just been an idiot and not gotten away. It's uh, it's, like, it's we need story. someone to tell us it's what like, the story <laughs> is because otherwise, without that, we would have no but idea. But like, why does she? Why does she finally reveal? Because she's the final person. And be like, yeah. oh, I can just yeah, tell you my yeah. story. Well, now at that point, she doesn't need to hide because for storytelling. Well, yeah, and then well, in right. terms of killers, because I feel like if she was truly crazy when she picked up um, 
what's her name the hitchhiker in the car she probably would have told her that story too and then killed her yep. right yeah based yep. on like but that her obsession for, that would have made for a very short My obsession well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so but i mean but like to, to come to the end of the movie and a you have a female killer um you have a final girl and this is this is uh, i mean not the first attempt at a final girl but like one of the really like conceptually diehard final girl things because of the canoe scene and then of her waking up in the hospital but you have final girl on final girl you know killer and heroine i mean it's just i'm sorry it's just it's beautiful and i you guys watched it wrong so you guys watched <laughs> it wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right sam next question does this deserve a sequel should there be a sequel 11 more to be precise no. No, no sequels. This movie was perfect and it should be stopped where it was. <laughs> the only reason I would say I would want to see a sequel of this is because what they did to make you know a sequel. Because you know what happens. No, like to oh, be like, oh, if I'm watching this movie the... and then at the end I'm like, I see this kid pop out and do this weird mm-hmm. thing and I'm like, is and I'd be like, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes, but I'm otherwise, right. I would probably be like, and it's just based on this alone, I'd be like, nah. Brian's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna echo Wiki here saying that they should never have had that like that hospital scene where she worked up. She's what about the boy, Jason? They should have just left it at the canoe. They should have just stopped. Mm-hmm. Right there. Oh, totally. is, I totally agree with. You. They should just left it there. If they wanted to have a part two, they could have done that. And with with um, oh, what the fuck is her name? I just Alice. Alice. Mm-hmm. Alice is, like is back in her place in the in the in the second movie, it would have all made sense. They didn't need all of that extra, like with the cop and the, well, we didn't find it. It's like so. We're, we're on. The, does this deserve, deserve a sequel? And should there be one? Yes. yes. Uh, it deserves one because of Tom Savini suggesting the final shot. Uh, should there be one? Um, no, because Tom it's Savini more the, snake killer. Yeah. <laughs> should should there be one based on this film? No. If I want more of the same, uh, I'm not signing up for this. So, no. Um, uh, but you deserve... don't want any more of that 10-level villain that you love so much? Yeah. No. You don't want nope. more of that? Just one no. dose. One dose. Just one dose is all I... you need. <laughs> hey, listen listen to me, fucks. I don't want more <laughs> than one Skinamarink. I don't want, want more than one Outwaters. So, no. I don't want... Anybody I don't... You're wants... getting some extra Outwaters, boy. Well, I'm just telling everyone who like who thinks what I'm saying is bullshit. No, based on this film, I don't think there should be a sequel. And based on the uh, pop up surprise, no, not really. Well, what, hey, what, what, I, what I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, a fucking yeah. buttload of yeah. sequels. Just remember, Jeff, yeah. if it wasn't for this movie, and the remake, you would not have Jason Takes Manhattan, one that you love. I, I I know that, but I'm doing it based on the Chuttles. It's mm-hmm. the whole first mm-hmm. time you ever seen this film thing. So, well, I mean, that's just what I'm for doing. me. All right, would you buy the too. soundtrack or score on vinyl? Totes. No, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Yeah, I might buy it to have it, but I would not listen to it. I can nah, tell you that yeah. right now. Don't either. Manfred Manfredini is your boss. Well, sure, excuse but- me. <laughs> he's, he's a- <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Say, he's he actually like Bruce, bought he, Tuttle the Pod. He did, yeah. Um, yeah. No, he, he's, yeah. He's like Bruce Springsteen. He's the boss. He is always yeah, the boss. But Man, Frandini like, did that shit. 
Well, he did. He did. But as often as I come down to my little lab here and I put on a record and just listen to it, if I if I was working on my one of my projects and I all I, all I heard was, <laughs> that's not what that's not all you'd hear if you heard the score. Yeah, but, but it's like very dramatic and te- like it's just not. Yeah, that's all fine. My if type you, of score. If, right, but if you want to have that on in the background. Well, yeah, but I want something that's more like inviting and relaxing, but like and building up. Well, just all right. It's not for me, dog. You can yeah. listen to it. That's cool. Hell yeah, we'll listen to we'll it. We'll Travel, we'll listen to it together. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know what I listen well, to on my way, way to work? <laughs> Fucking Manfredini's Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> we, like we will murder kids together, Ross. <laughs> start my day. All the times. Uh, okay, I want it. I want it noted for the record that Travis <laughs> and Ross are going to murder children together. So yep. Do not yep. endorse that. No children. It's fine. Next question. That out. Is anything action figure worthy? Totes. Um. Yeah. Even though. Even though I don't could want you, a Pamela Voorhees no, action could, figure. Could I, you imagine? I can see why okay. someone would. Well, could you imagine a Kevin Bacon one? Where the fucking the button on the back shoots an arrow out of his throat the entire time. I want I want Kevin Bacon and his plug smuggling. That's what I want. Just oh, the, Speedo Bacon. Uh, Was that a, with apparent boner? <laughs> that's actually in subtitles underneath. Exactly. I think I think if, Kevin, if Pamela the bacon, the eggs and the sausage. That's what I want. Yep. As an action figure. If Pamela Voorhees is reaching up at her neck with the man hands. Then that might be something that's cor- like statuesque, but uh, no, I don't think there's anything from this movie that's action figure worthy. Oh, you don't want to pay more for his action fan. figure? She's unless a 10. you're unless you're a hardcore fan where you want Pamela Voorhees. If it had her, if it had her gripping at her face with the giant hairy knuckles. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd be Probably. something you flip. You push the thumb on the back, the head pops like down into the chest so you can't see it and the arms go up and you see the knuckles. But but can yeah. we can we also have it where the hair grows out of the knuckles? So you can just like see it. <laughs> that's that's the chia pet. That's totally. the chia pet paste I'm, that you put I'm, on I'm top in. of it. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, what prop would you want from the movie? What merch? Or you know, like if you were going to see the movie, what would they give oh. you? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth snake jerky. Oh my god! <laughs> I would go with Pamela's head or Crazy Ralph's bicycle. That would be my choice Ooh. for a prop. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be the my choice. Yeah. Um, what prop would I want? Uh, um, I'll take Monopoly. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna get I was gonna take Pamela's sweater. Oh, actually, yeah. I, I want the cops' uh, motorcycle that I says want the police cops. on it. I want the cops' script. <laughs> <laughs> and opening, yeah, I don't know what they would have given you opening day when you went to go see this. But that actually leads great into the next one. If this were a midnight movie, what would you shout at the screen or throw at the screen or whatever, what would the traditions be as a midnight oh, movie? Oh, okay, I, I got this. I'd uh, get angry at all the people getting ape shit because this isn't the type of film that you lose your mind to. Um, really, the only last 15 Boo. to 20 minutes <laughs> of, is, is for the audience to get invested. So maybe then, if we're all repeating Pamela's lines of like, kill them, mommy, kill them. 
this ain't the roller coaster ride that Sean Cunningham thought it was gonna be. All right, like like this ain't. You're the one calling him a visionary. <laughs> That's what. Well, because he knew what he was getting into, but th- this comes with part two. Part two has the audience reaction. This film, not so much. This is not the audience reaction film that you want. You're not kicking maps into the creek. You're not fucking. You're not doing that for Blair Witch either. (laughs) But you are having a fun game. But you cannot play and say, fuck this movie instead. Um, Yeah, I want to know what. I have one that I really liked that was. when the guy pretends to drown and they pull him out and Alice runs over with the lifesaver and they're like right next to the dock and she just tosses it in the water and then just pick it up and hand it back to her. Um, I would yell, this will save you and throw a lifesaver candy at the screen. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Good. That gets so sticky in there. Everyone just starts throwing lifesavers at the screen. I just imagine it like that one like video of everyone throwing spoons nonstop during the room. <laughs> Some sort of like oh, I like would, the, oh dude, nerf those arrows. Like, I would nerf do arrows, nerf arrows yes. when you see Bill on top and get like pinned into the thing. Just a theater so full of people with like <laughs> nerf bow and arrows shooting them. That'd be <laughs> I amazing. Be, I would be in the front of the thirteenth arrow. Yeah, and then T Boo outside being like, "You can't do that during this movie. <laughs> you shouldn't fucking be having fun in there. It's not the last twenty minutes." <laughs> No, but he's got cra- he's got crazy Ralph's clothes on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. You can't do that in the theater. It's got a curse, <laughs> a courtesy <laughs> curse. Exactly, and all he does is all he does is mumble. Bitch, get me a cup of coffee. That's all he does. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got any other uh, midnight movie things? No, I think all that's right. good. Ratings. So oh, on boy. this show, to do that. we rank using a scale of severed fingers, zero through five. Each fang- finger adds to the score with more fingers equaling a higher score. Don't forget, you can chop off half a finger or no fingers at all. We use uh, the Chettle scale, as I'm going to call it. And uh, you guys can use our scale or do your own scale whatever you want to do. This is my first time watching it. It was my pick. I will go ahead and start us off. Engaging. Was it engaging? I'm going to give it a 0.5 for engaging um, because I was not engaged the whole time. (laughs) All three times I watched this. The last time during the Pamela Voorhees part, I had to specifically like stop and make Mm -hmm. sure I paid attention so that I knew what happened (laughs) at the end of this movie because I think kind of after the maybe sometime in the second act, if this movie even has hacks, like halfway through, it just starts getting just, I don't uh-huh. know. We know we've talked about it. Flat. <laughs> sticky. Um, I think I'm going to get a vote of 0.5 for sticky. Cause I think the kills are pretty memorable. Um, I know we've talked about them being maybe kind of tame for today, but I still think they're very mm-hmm. memorable. Um, and I think that, that that scene, the stacking furniture in front of the door scene might stick with me for a while. Here's the funny thing about that. I didn't notice that scene until my third watch. That's how like little I was kind oh, of wow. engaged. Um, t-shirtable. Mm, I, yeah. Nah, mm. I don't think so. i thought i might give it a 0.5 just because it's friday the 13th but it's not like jason you know what i mean jason 
I have a shirt with Jason on it, and I haven't seen one of his movies. But uh, yeah, zero, I think. Good there. Cockles. That's a tough one because it's, it's kind of in between a 0.5 and a 1, and we don't go halves there. Nope. So I gave it a <laughs> zero. I gave it a zero on the shirt, so I'll give it a one for Cockles just to help Bounce kick it up out. a notch. And then rewatchable. It's going to be a 0.5. I'll rewatch this sometimes for sure, but I'm not going to be running to it. Um, sure. We'll, we'll see where that comes about. So that gives it a two and a half out of five fingers. Oh, wow. For the old wow. Samster. Wonderful. I'll go next if you don't mind. Do it. I don't mind. Do you guys mind? Is no, anybody mad at Brian no. right now? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> engaging. I kind of agree with how Sam felt. I was in and out of this in terms of engagement. So I'm going to give that a 0.5. Sticky. Almost same reasoning there. I think a lot of the kills and all that stuff or stuff that I remember, I was ready and waiting for, you know, the arrow coming out of Kevin Bacon, like all that stuff. So 0.5, I think works with that. T-shirtable, I will say, I'd give a 0.5. I could see some of maybe the deaths or something like that worked into a cool design. I could see that working and I would be like, okay, I like that aspect. I'll wear something like that because I don't have a problem representing Sure. I guess the movie or whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to. It's kind of you're representing the franchise wouldn't you do anything. At this point, yeah. it's kind of you can't not be. Right. Um, Cockles, I'm giving that a 0.5 because it's just kind of, I don't know, fun a little bit here and there. The parts I am engaged, I'm like, okay, I can get it. I can dig this, but I don't give it that full one. Rewatchable, I'm unfortunately going to give that a zero because I could not watch this again and be okay with that <laughs> sure i mean okay. <laughs> I, I understand that i not to say i won't rewatch it but i just don't find think myself you, doing that yeah you just don't think you'll probably you'll probably <laughs> other friday 13th movie if you're gonna watch one you're gonna watch a different one right unless i'm going to be like okay i want to watch through again right i would mm-hmm. bring it up but if i'm just like picking and choosing Mm-hmm. This isn't one that's going to be gone too. So I wasn't that's keeping score for you. Two. Brutal. Ooh. Yeah. I'll jump in. Yeah. All right. Please. <clears throat> um, okay. So engaging. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I'll do a 0.5 for engaging. Um, because there's yeah it's i don't know man like some of it is great and then some of it just like creeps out like just just, i just drift out into the ether and then kind of go back in (laughs) Um, but i don't know if that's because it's the film or it's like i've seen it a thousand times you know what i mean at this point it kind of of blurry uh sticky i'm gonna give oh man i'm gonna give that a i'm gonna give that a full one um because this is man like quintessential Savini kills in this movie. And like, I would watch this just for the kills. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. oh, your little good. watch for the kills boy. Yeah, I am. It's so, mm, so good. Uh, it's just like the thing in the intro. Yeah, it's like the thing. Oh my God. Oh God. Uh, t-shirtable. Uh, that's a full finger. I mean, that's there's so much cool shit from this movie i mean there's also so many good shirts of for the first friday the 13th that are super super fucking good uh cockles for me is gonna be uh that's gonna be a full one um 
because like I went to camp. I was in New Jersey. Like, I think there's a lot of things for me that like, it just goes, I don't know. There's something that it, it, hit, a, it hit a raw nerve mm-hmm. in a good way. Um, rewatchable. <laughs> the I'm best raw get nerve I've ever had. <laughs> best raw nerve I've ever had that Friday franchise. Um, nerve in your prostate. <laughs> rewatchable. Um, I'm going to probably give rewatchable a 0.5. You know, I think it's, um, I like watching this movie. But there are eleven other installments uh, or eleven uh, chapters in this in this franchise. So one isn't the one I frequent the most, but I still it's like soul food though. It's like comfort food. I'll be totally honest with you. If I'm not feeling well and I've got like the flu or something like that, I am for sure starting with one and watching every Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> in one sitting. Like that's mm-hmm. just going to nice. happen for me. Like that's uh, this franchise is like my security blanket. So I can't say that I'm never going to watch uh, uh, the first one again. But I think that leads it to a four, four, yeah, mm-hmm. four, four or a five, and I'm comfortable with that. I feel good about Grand it. House. What you got? Um, engaging. Um, I have to go point five because because you do dip in out. And maybe that's the time. Like when I was younger, it probably would have been higher. But um, right, it's, it, it, the reality of this movie is, as you're watching it, if you dip out for a second and come back, are you going to miss much? Probably. Not. And, and that's fine. sure. Um, Sticky is a one for me. I, I it this movie is stuck with me for the entirety of my lifetime, as as I know it. Um, it's it's. I don't want to use the term comfort food because I don't I don't, like food is not my thing. But like, <laughs> I'm in the same place as Roth, and I'm and I'm down. Whatever else, this movie will bring me back. Up. It always will. Um, it's kind of one of the reasons I love it. T-shirtable. I'm gonna give it a one because if I could have a T-shirt that says they were making love. <laughs> I mean, rocky horror-esque like this I, I i would love that i would love that um cockles um for me cockles is like an eight um, <laughs> this comes from my comes from my youth it, it's it's where it, it's where i live mm-hmm. it's where the I, nostalgia so i can't i can't get away from it i love it there's there's nothing that anyone can ever say that's going to ever make me think this is a crappy movie. So sure. I love it. So I want to say eight, I'll give it a one. <laughs> Rewatchable, one all day. All day. At the very least. Um, it, this is the beginning of my horror journey. Like the real beginning. Where the first time I was actually in a place where I was actually scared. I was scared. Um, and, and so that's, that's where it, like, it kicks off for me. And from there on out, it was not a function of, can I be scared? It was a function of how much can I be scared? And can the next thing scare me more? Ooh, mm-hmm. that's totally. like, nice. So for me, um, so that's four engaging. and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. For me, engaging for me, engaging is a half point. Um, I I feel this movie is engaging up until a point. I've seen it a billion times, so you know I'm a fan of the franchise. So that's where I'm coming from with Sticky Half Point. It sticks with me as far as a first feature film. 
I think about it. I mean, I know what the iconic shots are, blah, blah, blah. Um, T-shirtable. You know, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, half point for that. Um, half a finger because so I, you know, the Camp Crystal Lake imagery, there's not a lot to go off of, but I would still say half a point for it. Sure. Cockles. Oh my god, guys. Yeah, this wrangles my cockles. I will give this a half a point for my cockles because this franchise does that for me. And rewatchable is a one. Mm-hmm. Like so so you half, almost had half, a handful half. of nubs, but you got a thumb and a bunch <laughs> yeah, of nubs. Yeah, yeah. I got a handful of nubs, but there is a one in there and it's rewatchable because I've rewatched this movie so many times including to do this with you guys tonight he's and... watching it right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't trade it for the world so i would do a um one two it's a three out of that gives you three out three. of five does that feel right in your heart or probably not yes really yeah? yes no no yeah that feels right in my heart three out of five like a six out of ten yeah that feels right that feels right um all right I, I I respect this movie and I know what it does and um I think it's part of every beginner's everyone has to see this movie. Like you have to see this movie if you're a horror fan. You have to. Or you That's can where do I it when on. you're thirty six. <laughs> yeah, or or <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm what I've learned here is that if I show up at either Sam or Ross's house in a hockey mask and some burlap, I'm at a very minimum going to get dinner. I might get laid. But, <laughs> but worst comes to worst, we're going to have a good time. We're going to sit down and we're going to fucking slash. And, and that, that to me is what this movie is. It's, it's not, it isn't necessarily about whether it's like the best movie ever, because I will admit it is not the best movie ever. And Travis, Listen closely, because as I've been rewatching and I've rewatched the remake of Friday the 13th, I'm almost at a place where I can say that as far as quality of movies go, the remake might be better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I won't argue. I'm just going to say, yeah. (laughs) All right. For me, the story and the characters are not better. Okay. Um, well, and so tonight, I'm, I'm be tonight though, tonight though, yeah, w- the characters tonight were were fun. I I think I think they're fun. Yeah, I really like those I, kids. I think there's some Young good adults. memorable characters, <laughs> like the cop and um, shit. Anytime they're all interacting with each with each other as characters, like that, that's awesome points in the film um well this did this did something great that a lot of horror movies don't do and as much as pamela Voorhees preaches about they were making love and she's like so hung up on that there were actually some characters in this movie that were making love and i yes, think they were like, indeed like it, it it throws the whole thing like over on its face makes it think about what it was doing Speaking of throwing the whole thing over on its face and make it thinking about what it's doing, we have six part four. Oops, it's not over, and it's just two this time. (laughs) (laughs) 
As we finish up tonight's episode, we're going to close out with our final two questions. First, does Friday the 13th belong in the Chuttle Club crypt? To qualify, it needs to have an average score over four fingers. So, no, it definitely does not have an average score of more than four fingers. 2.8 is the average score, which barely makes it over, like, middle of the road. (laughs) That which, should which not. Which feels that, weird. That feels weird. Yeah, yeah. That should not deter Sorry. you from from experiencing. You should watch all it. the all other the, Fridays. Oh, I ordered next, the box set and Friday, bought a Blu-ray player. Yeah. I, Friday I, after I next. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Freaky reality, Friday. Brian, is, you're still Brian. You're still muted. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> okay well I, I i i get it if you don't like it you don't like it and i'm fine with that um <laughs> no um, to, to even though it didn't make even though or, it didn't make the cl- the, cr- the club crypt um it's definitely <laughs> say that to uh it does deserve a watch I will say that, like this, definitely deserves it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean it I doesn't agree deserve one hundred percent. I don't. I think that based on like looking at it as a single movie, that's where a lot of this came from. Based on a yeah. franchise and what it created and what it did, yeah, it certainly deserves its due and respect sure. and props. Yeah, it's sure. just not a four and up. There's plenty of good movies that don't make the Chuttle Club crypt and deserve to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. a collective agreement on it something that would get a score that mm-hmm. high. Totes. It's in Ross's heart crypt. <laughs> That's what <laughs> It's in the crypt of my heart. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, oh, well, finally, uh, we have a would you rather question. And it comes from our patron, Tibu. <laughs> Tibu, do you happen to remember what that question is? Otherwise, I gotta find it real quick. <laughs> no, sir, I don't. I don't. I believe it's in the I've comment. It is. I've sent y'all a bunch of questions. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I tried this here. Like, wait, what were we talking about? We're talking about critters, Tibu. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, that's uh, okay. I mean, there's there's two that I see right there. Just pick one. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. All right. So this one's from our uh, patron, Travis Maxell Boone, the witch doctor of doom. T Boo over there, AKA fuck this midnight movie. (laughs) (laughs) He, he wants to know, (laughs) would you rather slow dance with crazy Ralph or knit a turtleneck with Pamela Voorhees? I'm knitting with Pamela. I think I'm slow dancing with Crazy Ralph because she has a weapon in her hands if you're knitting with her, right? <laughs> well, it not say she's going to kill me. It sounds like we're just hanging out. I'm knitting. not at the lake. I'm just... Um, the, I, oh, yeah. nobody. If nobody's trying to open up the camp, I guess you're fine. I'm not going to do that. I'm just... When she's doing her normal things, I'm part of her sewing circle. <laughs> like, why Why can't I have both? Because <laughs> it's, it's a would you rather, Ross. I know, but I want both of them. Always um, with his little caveats. Always trying to skirt the rules. <laughs> um, no, I go with Ralph. I think Ralph needs a few slow dances in his life. What? All right. Okay. I'm making a fucking sweater. I'm going to make a fucking wool G-string. It is going to scratch me all in the wrong parts, but I'm going to yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
All right. Well, and you know what? He he asked a couple more. I'm gonna throw one more out to close it out before we're done. Would you rather make coffee or stack furniture? I would. <laughs> or, oh my god. <laughs> I assume everything is a zombie apocalypse. I'm gonna Trav, your new nickname is the Wiz. <laughs> Travis is peeing right now. He's got it. Right. He's inside his hotel room, just like in on the floor. All right, I'm making coffee, not stacking furniture. Making coffee. Coffee. Furniture. I'll call you. You can drink your caffeine, but I'm gonna stay alive. Yeah. Excellent. I'm not, I'm not down for that. Fuck that. Well, thank you, boys for joining us tonight Thanks that concludes the assembly of the Chuttle Club click oh, thanks to our oh, members and yeah. to our witches um, <laughs> the nightclub <laughs> podcast listen to it you can find it wherever podcasts are found we Follow love the Chuttle Instagram and Slasher. so go ahead and find out bitch you can follow us on Instagram and Slasher as Chuttle the Pod and until next time I hate when people call it kids Sounds like little goats. You know what? I thought it was incredibly l- rude to leave you a bottle by yourself, so I'm going to hang out with you until they come back, and then I'll get a water. <laughs>